0: And we're going. Cool. So this is. Uh, I want to know with Mark and Chad. We uh, spent our day riding our bikes and eating steak, but now we want to know if someone can beat Gabby Garcia in a fight.
1: I think we want to know a lot about Gabby Garcia, but for uh, for now, we'll we'll uh, we'll be happy to know if anyone can beat her. I think it's. Uh, who are we? Who's she fighting tonight? Uh, Veronica Futina. Okay, this will be interesting. Okay, get, we're just watching right now, so Gabby's getting in the ring. I think we're gonna see if there's any sort of uh, any, any 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 comparison in size that's gonna be uh, realistic as a foot. Fu- no, not really. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a gorilla fighting a child. That's that's what it looks like. That's that that's pretty much. I think that's pretty accurate. This is good though. I like the announcer's hair.
0: I love the announcer from uh, Pride. The Japanese organizations have something. Phenomenal with her announcer. She sounded like a hysterical witch screaming out everybody's name. I can't hear what this guy is saying, but uh, I'm hoping uh, he's as exciting as he looks.
1: Yeah, uh, we don't have the audio on today. This is all in Japanese. She's fighting in Japan for, uh, or is it Japan or is it China? I think it's China she's fighting in tonight. China Road FC. Right. Japanese organization fighting in China with a white guy who speaks impeccable. Japanese or Chinese or something to that effect. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. All I this is just this uh, this this car crash is not uh, not disappointing. That's p- that's for sure. Oh, that poor girl. Oh, she doesn't even look all that fit. No. Judging by the, the where she stands by the ring here, I'm going to guess she's like oh, geez, she can't be that big, eh. They're showing her stats right now and it's it's not in. It's all in Japanese. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. She,
0: she definitely is not nearly the athlete that I think Gabby is.
1: No, although Gabby's pretty close to the, the top of the ring. I think these might be higher rings than your standard like UFC. Mm, could be. But this should be interesting. So uh, what is it in the past? Gabby has fought a professional wrestling grandmother. And uh, do you recall what the last one was? It was like some
0: mom or something. She, um, no, that, I'm thinking of Chris Cyborg. I'm thinking of cyborg,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, this should be interesting. It's, uh, we, uh, we made the mistake of looking to see how long this fight lasts. And, uh, I think it's no surprise that it doesn't go the full, uh, the full length.
0: I'm guessing the introduction to this fight is going to be longer than the fight.
1: Yeah, it's, but you know, Gabby, it's the likelihood of her doing something illegal or comical is, uh, is pretty high. That girl is
0: ripped. Holy Dinah.
1: Yeah, I think we were looking at the weigh-in pictures earlier today where she was even more ripped. And, uh, man, that, that is a large lady. Holy <laughs> Dinah. Uh,
0: I can't find any stats on Veronica. I don't think she's... A like, fighter? Uh, I don't think <laughs> she is. They probably paid her a bucket, of bucket full of money to get in the ring
1: with Gabby Garcia. Or have her family in a car trunk somewhere. Oh, that could be true, too. Oh, they're both pretty big, eh? She's almost as tall as uh as Gabby it looks like now they're
0: actually side by side. I think Gabby's six one, so she's probably <coughs> what, five eleven, maybe even six feet tall.
1: I thought Gabby was a little taller, like six three or something like that. But yeah, she's definitely like six feet. They're both about the same height. Yeah. They're both about the same height as Herb Dean, who's refereeing this tonight. Yeah, I think he's right around six feet too. I think we're gonna also have to Google how much referees make. We're uh we're mm-hmm. guesstimating that one tonight too. Okay, here we go. All right, fight's on. What's Round happening here?
0: One. I was watching Gabby Garcia do pad work the other day, and I was actually quite impressed. From her last fight, what she was doing on the pads was significantly better than what we saw in her last fight against that uh, that grandma there.
1: Well, her footwork certainly is looking a lot better, her stance. The few punches she's thrown so far have been kind of floppy arm. I don't know what you call them, and she's switching her stance as she throws here. I don't think that's technique, though.
0: That, that kick was um, very... Uh, stiff compared to what you would think a jiu-jitsu player would be able to throw a kick she has to be flexible be a black belt in jiu-jitsu and just she doesn't show it in the in those kicks
1: yeah i don't know it's hard to say we haven't really seen her actually use any jiu-jitsu in any any of these matches it's just been kind of a a straight-up mauling that's it hulk smash i'm kind of surprised i'm not seeing any uh any effort for a takedown on this either she's just kind of standing there and slamming with this girl I can't imagine that you're able to keep up this uh this level of stand up without uh, gassing out when you're that big.
0: Yeah. Her head movement's way better. She's actually watching, she's oh. bobbing a
1: little bit. Yeah, I think as the fight's going, she's actually looking a lot better in her in her uh, stand up game here. Maybe just uh maybe some stiffness to work out in the nerves perhaps. Oh, that's not bad, you got a good clinch going, just throwing some knees. Trapping the arms, got her pinned against the
0: cage. We're just gonna try for a takedown.
1: Yeah. Uh, she's
0: holding on the wrist, that's not very good.
1: That's a little bit white beltish. It makes you wonder what her uh, what her strategy is in this fight, because obviously she's has the jiu-jitsu to just dominate. Oh, there oh, you oh, go. There you we're down. She just yep. dragged her to the
0: ground and started hammer fisting. Oh, can you imagine having but that much weight land on you, too? Good side control. Easily goes into mount. Yeah. She's got her pin pretty good. I know this was a quick win, but I didn't know if it was just by decision or by strikes or by knockout, so we'll see what happens. Well,
1: like, now that it's on the ground, I think... Uh, Oh, get some ground and pound. There we go. Yeah. Oh, posturing up. Top of the head. I, I find it hard to believe that she couldn't. Because right now she's in Mount. Uh, Gabby's on Mount. I, I find it hard to believe that she wouldn't be able to just end this right now.
0: That's, uh, it's going to be hard pushing Gabby off you. She's got a lot of weight. It's black belt in jiu-jitsu. She's going to be able to ride that girl for a okay, long yeah. time. Okay, yeah.
1: Now she's got her back. I don't even know how that was any logical decision to make.
0: No, no, this doesn't look good. She's softening up the strikes, looking for that choke. She's got her left arm. It looks like underneath the head, flattening her out. Switching arms now. Oh, lost the choke. She's starting to uh, to strike. She's got her hooks
1: in. Yeah, I don't know if she's just trying to open oh. her up for that. Per- wow, she's just let her go. Just let her go. Just playing with her. Yeah, it it seems yeah. like she could have just submitted this this poor woman quite a while ago. Look at the size of her legs. I've seen football players that
0: don't have legs that big.
1: Yeah, I think... Ooh, got the arm. Americana. That is kind of an odd win I would expect for a fight like this. Something a little more spectacular when you have that much of an advantage. And back in the mount again, easily. It makes you wonder if she's been told to make this last as long as possible. (laughs) You never know with the Japanese organizations, right? Yeah. Well, considering, you know, uh, betting is such a
0: huge factor. Does she have the choking underneath? Mm. I don't see anything
1: under there. I just see some massive woman laying on some poor person. She's
0: got uh, the arm underneath the head, but um, Veronica's arm to seems like to be protecting. Yeah. Man, is that a lot to move around. She is just a monster.
1: Wow. Look at that effort. Trying to, trying to get back up onto all fours there and... Oh, yeah. All that did was help her get open into that. Uh, looks like she had a rear naked going.
0: She, she's she been close the whole t- Oh, there it is. She oh. got the rear naked joke. Uh,
1: uh. Wow, that actually looked like a fight,
0: it did. Uh, compared to what she I, it was, um, she fought that uh black lady in pride last time I remembered, and that one she didn't look good at all, like it just It didn't. She's big, she's impressive, she's, she reminds me of like a, a Bob Sap type person. She's obviously a real athlete, and she's really skilled at jiu-jitsu, but I don't know that she's that skilled at any other part of MMA. But this fight, there was a significant difference. Her striking was good, her footwork was better, uh, she had a bit of head movement which she didn't have before.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if it's just the issue of trying to blend uh, that that high-level jiu-jitsu background with uh, the striking and trying to make an MMA uh, run from it. It, does, it seems like she should be doing a lot better on the ground than she is, but perhaps that effort to try and get those strikes in there and uh, make this more than just a, a grappling match is what's uh, is what's going on.
0: Well, we don't know what Peronica's background is either, right? So... She could be well-versed in jiu-jitsu and the d- defenses as, as intricate as they are. They were there, and just making it a little bit hard on Gabby to get inside and get that choke, because that was, what, about three minutes in, two and a half minutes in, and the fight's all
1: done. That's true. We didn't really see much from her. Uh, I think that this is why you have weight classes. It's, it makes it really difficult to show any sort of technical ability when your opponent is that much bigger for you than you. What, what is
0: Gabby's future? being the size of athlete she is and her skill sets, where can she go? Where are they going to find opponents for her that are, like, legitimate opponents?
1: Uh, fortunately for her, it's going to be right next door to her changing room. It's called the men's room. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think realistically, some point in time, we're going to see uh, men and women fighting each other, and you're going to see Gabby and Cyborg fighting guys. It's just the only way that you're going to get, uh, like, unless you just completely open up what's, Possible an uh, alternative nutritional level to to uh, other wi- uh, to women. I don't think you've seen them fight anyone. Yeah, it, it,
0: I, I can only imagine it'd be Japan or China or something like that that would institute man versus women in the UFC or in MMA um, first. I, I can't imagine that making mainstream anywhere. I know in Brazil they've done a couple, um, but it's not something you would see normally.
1: Well, and I don't know, keep in mind, though, it wasn't too long ago that Dana White was saying there's no possible way that you'd ever see women fighting in the in the UFC. Just purely, uh, I, I think a lot of that came from the idea that women fighting in the UFC was just a disgusting thing that people didn't want to see, um, and that's kind of where people are right now with women fighting men. So who knows? Who knows what you're going to see? I think it's I think it's inevitable. It's just a matter of who's going to take the first step and who's going to be willing to do the first few fights, because it's that uh, unfortunate saying uh you when a man and a woman fight, you're either the guy who beat up a girl, or you're the guy that got beat up by a girl.
0: <laughs> it's a lose lose for the dude either way, right?
1: It's yeah, fighter ego is pretty fragile, and I'm not quite sure. Maybe maybe financial motivation would be there, but I don't know why you would want to do that fight. No, I, I can't imagine. You'd have to be um,
0: a male fighter that's on your way out, that you're you're doing a couple fights to you know fill up your bank before you're done fighting and so whatever they put in front of you, you're willing to do not that losing to chris cyborg um I, i'm guessing for a fighter that would be hard on the ego but she's a phenomenal fighter guy or girl she's phenomenal she's got uh footwork head movement power um like any other 155 pound guy i guess technically she's a 145 er right now but uh, you know that's conor mcgregor um frankie edgar there's a bunch of guys that i was like eh, well maybe not connor but there's lots of guys in the 145 pound
1: weight class that she would probably do pretty well against her jiu on point well and that's kind of that that's where the the trick comes in is this going to be just a straight up simple math uh one-to-one or are you going to give women an advantage because they are coming in as not the same biological end of things are you gonna give them a ten pound weight advantage? Say, you know what, you fight, uh, you fight one, uh, one weight class below your opponent.
0: I don't know what the advantage would be. Like the the weight class would definitely be one. The scoring system could be changed. Um, the size of the gloves could be changed. Uh, if the the guys had to wear, say eight-ounce MMA gloves, and the girls wore four.
1: Not that there is eight-ounce, but they could make it. Um, Yeah, well, and also the other big factor, too, is it's pretty easy to kind of make that comparison when you're talking about your uh, Gabby Garcias and your Chris Cyborgs. What are you doing when you're talking about your average female fighter that wants to fight a man? That kind of changes things a bit, I think. It does. Because all of a sudden it's a pretty big, because you're looking at Mighty Mouse versus pretty much the entire women's division. And uh, I don't think that would be a fair one-to-one fight by any means. No,
0: definitely not. Even, uh, as I was mentioning before, Conor McGregor, if he was to fight any girl, Um, whether it's Gabby Garcia, whatever heavyweight girls
1: are out there, he would destroy them. He would tear them apart. What makes you also wonder, too, it's a female uh, MMA is a pretty new sport as far as a uh, high-level sport. So does that mean that we're just seeing the beginning of it? Are we going to see women that can actually fight men at their equal level? Is it just a matter that right now we're not able to see a lot of women?
0: When when women started in the UFC, it really reminded me back in like say UFC, uh, probably like twelve or fifteen, where. The guys that were fighting back then, if you look back, they were the top guys at the time, but compared to the athletes nowadays, are nowhere close. So the evolution of um, men was slow because there was no one really in front of them. There was those outliers that kind of stood out and went after it, you know, the Chuck Liddells and the Anderson Silvas and, and uh, people like that that really stood out and worked harder than everyone else and came in with better technique. But the women now have something to watch,
1: so their evolution should be much faster. And I think that's what's shown. We've gone through that like uh, one-trick pony phase a lot faster than we did with the men, where you had specialists in striking and specialists in jiu-jitsu and that sort of thing. It, that lasted. What did we get? Like maybe a year or two out of that with uh, with Ronda before they realize you can't just be good at judo takedowns, and all of a sudden, you know, you you get a good striker in there, and it's done.
0: Yeah, exactly. They, uh, I don't think we're done with it yet because we haven't seen the high-level um, karate girls in there yet or taekwondo girls moving up. So I think just like the men, we'll see phases go through where the wrestlers will take over and then the strikers will take over and then the jiu-jitsu guys will take over, girls will take over, and it will go through its phases on, on whatever the evolution is. You know, with uh, uh, Donna Donnaher Death Squad right now, what they're doing with leg locks, when that gets into MMA, that's going to change the game massively. And if the girls get on those right away, you could see the jiu jitsu girls taking over, and those strikers will have nothing if they can shoot inside, grab a hold of that leg, and finish fights. Like you watch the Dawn of Her Death Squad doing leg locks right now against high level jiu jitsu guys, and there's just nothing they can do. Like it's, they're on a different level. And so the girls start learning that stuff that might not be long before, you know, the jiu-jitsu people take over. And then, again, you're back to the one-trick
1: ponies. Well, and it's interesting, too, because that's definitely, like, you know, that's the way that the men's UFC went, where you had uh, jiu-jitsu introduced to everyone, and then all of a sudden it completely changed the game. Um, and then uh, and all of a sudden you've got a bunch of Muay Thai guys showing up, and you realize, oh, there actually is a better way to strike. Now, the question is, with women being a different, uh, a different type of person, are they going to have a different type of way? that's going to be more dominant to fight? Are you going to see women... Because um, you're not gonna, most women are not going to have the power to just have that knockout, that one-shot knockout power that you see from a lot of Muay Thai fighters. Does that mean we're going to see more of the sport karate women doing really well, where you're looking at more point-based decisions as opposed to knockouts? Is it going to be more of a situation that judo, uh, where you're doing a lot more of the throws, is going to be a lot more advantageous than possibly jiu-jitsu? Um, it should be interesting to see how women evolve and if it's going to evolve the same lines that the men did. Um, either way, I think it's going to be a while before you can look at a one-to-one comparison at the level of fighter versus uh, the versus a man if that ever becomes an option.
0: I, I'd have to agree. There's, there's, you know, Gabby Garcia and Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes, which I think are. Top, top uh, women in their weight classes. Gabby Garcia's skill set isn't that high yet, but she's a professional athlete. She keeps working on her strikes. They will get good.
1: And I think this fight has showed us that she is getting better, yep. which means she will continue to get better. And uh, uh, although she's comical right now in some degree, it, she could be a legitimate fighter in the future. And She, if there's any woman that I was going to say should fight one-to-one, I think Gabby's the one, and if she can get the skill level up there, that might be a really interesting fight.
0: So I think Gabby was weighing in at something like 245 or something like that right now. If you think about the the male fighters at 245, the Stipe Miocic, um, who else? Probably uh, Big Country, probably around 245. Uh, The she would have to really really increase her skill sets to be able to fight one of those guys but if she was to fight a 185 eighty-fiver, might well, be a little more equal
1: i definitely think that like yeah i i the first thing that comes to mind is is she going to eat a punch the same way that like roy nelson does you just you, you could take some of the hardest hitters in the planet and he just stands there and eats them like it's nothing i think and not to mention the uh the stamina like how many people that size that uh, Roy Nelson can go through an entire five, five rounds, rounds and carry that kind of weight and eat that many punches? Like I, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for women to go there, but it's far from there yet.
0: I would have to agree. the The evolution isn't quite there yet, but it would be impressive to watch. I I watch the fight not to see a girl get beat up, but just to see where the evolution of the of the women is
1: going to well that's the kind of the funny thing about mixed martial arts is it's there's a lot of things that draw a lot of different people and i think you've got to hit a few target markets you can't just be this would be a really you know you can't look at it on a technical aspect as a true fan of the sport where you're like i would love to see what would happen in this scenario i want to see the technical aspects of how this would work out um you can't just have that because no one's you're going to have you won't sell the, you won't sell the fights at the same time though there are a lot of people that will come watch a girl fight a dude yeah it's, it's, uh, it's like a
0: babs, Bob sap fight right it's uh, um, I don't want to say a circus clown but it's it's just that spectacle that, that you want to see and that's what Gabby is right now and as her skill set increases we'll have to see where she goes so I looked up uh, what a UFC fighter, uh, not fighter, referee. referee gets yeah. paid uh, anywhere from six hundred to nineteen hundred dollars uh, per night.
1: So wow, and that's for the like the high level UFC referees, not just local.
0: Yeah, it's, so it's it's r- judging them all. So I got a buddy uh, in Vancouver that used to do jiu-jitsu with in Kelowna. Um, and he's a USC referee. He's only done it a couple of times, and uh, he's also certified to be a judge under uh, John McCarthy's school, which
1: he travels around and certifies you and stuff right, like I that. Right, I think that's the big one that everyone kind of has to go through, isn't it? I, th- I don't know if oh, they have the size. Sorry, <laughs> who are we watching here? These guys are huge uh, I'm not even sure. The guy we on the uh, right
0: looks like Bob Sapp. I don't recognize any of these uh, road FC fighters. Yeah, we can we,
1: we, uh, just let the fight run here, and there's another fight on now. I'm guessing these guys have to be super heavyweight. They're
0: huge. Yeah, so uh, I would say right now in Canada, I would have to guess the average uh, referee would get paid six or $700 a night. UFC referees, probably um, road FC... Strike four, Spellator guys are closer to $1,900 a night. That well, was a decent takedown.
1: Yeah, these guys are just smashing. This isn't going to last at the pace these guys are going. Why is, it, is that per fight, though, or is that per night?
0: Uh, per night is what I read. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, the, I don't think it's big. I think they could probably get paid their travel on top of that and their accommodations, and then that's their... their
1: Expenses, their, yeah.
0: Yeah, because if you have to fly to Japan to do a fight, you're going to pay what is it, six, seven hundred bucks to fly
1: there? Oh, I'm sure that, yeah. Well, I, I guess if it's like something like ris- Ryzen or Risen, you're uh, you're expected to be there. So either you're a local judge or you're not, and if you want the gig, you got, you know, that's part of the gig. But uh, yeah. I would assume that someone like Herb Dean, probably they fly him out there. I uh, would, sure, yeah. The fight we're watching right now, I'm going to assume that this is a local judge. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be, uh, it'd be interesting to know what the whole deal is. It could be just a loss leader for them. Maybe they there's some other end they make their money off of, uh, whether it be sponsorships or uh, some sort of side money that they get. Yeah, it could be. I know uh, Herb Dean had a U- YouTube channel for a while, and
0: he was teaching techniques on there. Uh, I've seen a couple of his fights on YouTube, so um, if he's uploading, knows he's making an income off of it. You, uh, if you're only getting paid $1,900 um, a night and you got to fly yourself all over the country for that, um, you would have to love that job. Not that there's nothing to love about it because I think
1: being a, a UFC or an MMA referee might be one of the greatest jobs on the planet. Well, how many people get to step into the like octagon and not leave with a concussion? It's... True. Uh, True enough.
0: Best seats, right? People Absolutely, are paying two
1: thousand yeah. dollars to have
0: ringside at average fights. Probably six or seven thousand dollars to see a UFC fight ringside, and uh, these referees get to stand inside the ring and watch. There's that boxing ref. I don't remember what his name is. And he looks like probably the happiest person on the planet. When oh yeah, yeah. That uh,
1: guy <laughs> was popping up in memes lately, where it's just he just look has a huge smile on his face and just overreacting all of his reactions. Yeah, but
0: shocked at every punch that he sees. Yeah. And yeah, he's amazing. Looks
1: like he's he's just super surprised to even be there and couldn't be happier about it.
0: It's like a kid at Christmas time.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I, 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 it's hard to say. It's like one of those jobs that I think you'd have to be really good at. So I, I guess it's more of a passion thing than celebrity. Yeah. Um, but like MMA is such a niche market. It's it's funny how for how big MMA is in uh, as a as a what would you call it major sporting event, it's not really partaken by many people on the amateur level, and uh, mm-hmm. being a referee is about as small market as you're gonna get. Hundred percent. Yeah. The.
0: Um, you got to think that even if all their expenses are paid for while they're traveling, they're only making two thousand dollars a week. How many how many fights can you or how many nights can you referee? It's like maybe two in a weekend at best, doing a Friday night and a Saturday night. But that might even be odd. I think if Ref uh, Herb Dean is here reffing, uh on Saturday afternoon, and I think there's a, there's a UFC tonight, um, he's not going to referee for the UFC tonight. It'll be shocking because we're going to watch it in a couple hours if herb dean's there so this was like four o'clock in the morning in china and uh, Mm. i'm not sure where the ufc is tonight but uh if he's close and he flew over (laughs) to uh china in the morning and ufc in the afternoon that would be pretty rough i i seriously
1: doubt that's what happened yeah
0: i'm curious to see now if he uh if he ends up uh refereeing tonight for the ufc because why would he take this gig if he could do the ufc tonight
1: yeah, I kind of wonder what the details are. Uh, it, it really makes me wonder if it's not those numbers. The 600 and 1,900 isn't a per fight um, hmm. paycheck because that would make sense to me because you see these referees uh, refereeing multiple fights. And there's there's literally fights where the referee is the most famous person in the ring that we definitely see with UFC. With a lot of the, uh, the lower
0: um, uh, fight organizations, you definitely see that where w- when Big John was refereeing and he's, you know, in... Bf nowhere Alberta and refereeing a fight for a uh, small organization, you would have been the most famous guy there
1: for sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, even if you're looking at the uh, like the the pre-fight card for Fight Night, and you have uh, Big John McCarthy or Herb Dean, you can't tell me that that guy's making less money than the guy who's opening the show. That's just that doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. So I'm just reading here, it says uh, veteran referee Big John McCarthy will receive $1,900 for UFC 194 main event, Aldo versus McGregor. So it's talking about the specific fight. So right. they probably do get paid per fight. And then they have other things that they do, like um, signing off on the wraps and giving instructions backstage. And uh, Yeah, there's
1: that upsell aspect, right? Like, yeah. So they're getting that $1,900 for that one major fight, but what else are they doing that's giving them money off of that event? Would you like fries with that? Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, someone's got to do this, and it's, uh, in a lot of cases, they're signing off a legal um, aspect to the fight, which is that's going to be worth money. Otherwise, I think that makes it tricky to call that a legal aspect if they're not paying an expert.
0: The, uh, so I'm reading further down this article, and the Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao fight, the referee was uh, Kenny Bayless. He was paid twenty five grand for that fight.
1: Yeah, but that's boxing. Uh, I don't think boxing lives in reality at all. Um, I, I just definitely pay different than UFC fighters. That's for sure. The fighters, the referees. Yeah, I. That's uh, that's a whole other kind of ball to, to kind of get into.
0: And that's a Mayweather gig too, right? So everything's under his banner, um, and so he will get to make the decision on what what everyone gets paid, from announcers to uh, um, to referees to to whoever. I need a better place for my mic. That's a little bit annoying. There we go. Try that.
1: <laughs> it's funny. Uh it's kind of like the the new podcast uh, benchmark is to complain about your microphones <laughs> and your <new> placements and <laughs> that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I need uh we need some boom uh, stands. Yeah, like to uh get this in a better place. Trying to read my phone and look over top of the mic at the same time kind of sucks. That's okay. Yeah, we will hey. get better.
1: So, yeah, so moving on with other stuff today, Uh, we did a bike ride earlier today. Yes. We're trying to get ourselves up to, what did we we figure is about a 70-kilometer ride. Um, And starting off, we did 30 of it today, and we are hoping to get up to 70 kilometers total. We just uh, we locked ourselves out of the uh, the laptop we're recording this on right now, so a little bit of tap dancing noise in the background. Fortunately, it's still recording. That's good. Um, yeah. So the bike ride. Um, what did we figure today? Today was we did a few kind of runs around the the, na- the, the 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 bush there, but today's our first run on the path that we're trying to get through. Uh, what did you think about that?
0: Definitely a challenge. We did 21 kilometers in an hour and 12 minutes, which was the, the longest bike ride I've done consecutively. The, uh, I love the, the challenge of it. Uh, um, no one will know, but I hurt my uh, elbow. I've been spending a lot of time doing weightlifting at our local gym, trying just to increase my health and find something new and fun and <sighs> works out with my timing with my family and everything, and then I tore an elbow. So uh, look at that big guy. That looks like um, Mark Hunt's uh, nephew.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, we just switched uh, on to another fight here, and they're just showing this massive, massive guy. We're not even talking, like, uh, I don't know. This is this is someone that uh, Roy Nelson looks at and goes, are you seriously going to fight in that shape? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, back to the bike ride. <laughs> that definitely wasn't uh, Mike Hunt's
0: nephew, because uh, he's not Chinese.
1: no. Well, yeah, I don't know. Mike Hunt's
0: uh, nephew, or Mark Hunt's nephew, sorry, is not uh, Chinese. That guy definitely was Chinese. Definitely.
1: I wonder if that's the fight we're going to see right now. That would be pretty cool. We're seeing Herb Dean again. This is interesting how they have different announcers, eh, for every fight. Yeah. I didn't, uh, sorry, I'm messing with my mic. No, the other guy's in the background. Yeah, so they're both there. I'm not quite sure, I don't know. Maybe one does English and one does
0: uh, Chinese or Japanese,
1: or maybe one does Chinese. Well, there's or one only does one for the uh, the fight with um, Gabby, so maybe that oh, was it. True enough. So on our ride today, we had an interesting experience. Uh, I guess kind of in a techie aspect of uh, bicycling is uh, Chad has 29 inch wheels, which are uh, supposed to roll faster, but they're off road wheels. So but they're, they're mountain bike tires, right? Yeah. The knobby ones. And I was running a 26 inch tire, which is a su- uh, smaller tire, which should be going. Slower rolling, but with uh, road bike tires on it, and so we were just saying we uh, we probably should have swapped bikes at some point in time. But the definitely, there seemed to be a difference in the cadence level of how how what was being returned versus what was being put in.
0: When I was uh, riding behind you, keeping your pace, I really felt like I was putting a lot more effort out to do to keep up with you than what it looked like you were putting out. And Now there's fifty pounds, there forty five pounds between us. So you're going to have way stronger legs than me. You're going to have, um, and you've been riding a lot
1: more than I have uh, this year and last year. That's true. And uh, there's also the gearing aspect. I think we're probably, it's hard to say um, which, which gearing we're both running at the same time. That can also be a factor. But uh, yeah, it was really interesting to see how much of a factor. I mean, I, w- I would have assumed that we would have evened out based on that ratio. Yeah. So, But that's the cool thing about riding these smaller uh, legs is we get to kind of see what we can change and maybe what would work best and setting yourself up for uh, the best possible outcome as opposed to just jumping into it and failing and then having like a laundry list of things that you could have done better at.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and that's sort of how I feel about what weightlifting was. That obviously, I did something wrong and I tore something, can't do it anymore. So with biking, I'm being a bit more cautious. I uh, We talked about what our goals were is... As uh, guys in our forty or forty-something, right? I'm forty exactly. Forty. Yeah. I'm forty-five, and so my goal is to be a healthy grandfather. I want to hang out with my grandkids and my kids, and and not be laid up in bed or say I'm too tired. And so everything I do is that's for my end goal: fitness and health-wise. And so, you know, going to the gym, weightlifting, super important, I think, Uh, when you're healthy and you can do it right. But biking, getting your cardio there, your leg strength up is also super important. So we'll keep messing around with it and see what works good try to do a I don't know what it is between Banff and Canmore. I think it's about a 35 or
1: 40-kilometer ride. Yeah, definitely some uh, much different elevation changes than what we experienced today. It was a pretty flat ride. It was a very flat ride, yeah. That's something else to consider, right, is uh, the quality, not just uh, the, the distance that you take. Yeah. Something on that point, though, about uh, aging and uh, aging well is one of the best options, I think, is to put yourself in those environments and pay attention to the other people around you. Uh, Today we passed a grandmother who was carrying uh, – hopefully it wasn't the mother, but uh, I don't think she'd be too flattered about that. It looked like a grandmother that had a small child on the bike and a small child behind her in a carrier just hauling ass down the trails. And uh, it's great to see that because it lets you know what's possible for you in the future too.
0: I was so impressed when I saw that, Grandma, because – there I am huffing behind you trying to, uh, you know, get a good workout in. And then she's towing the trailer with a baby in it and then has a kid in a seat behind her. So she's probably easily riding with an extra 75 pounds, 80 pounds uh, more than I was. Oh, and,
1: probably, yeah. And she was hauling pretty good. Yeah, so. she didn't look like she was having any problems. So that's the great thing. It lets you know that, like, what's possible. Because sometimes you stop and go, well, I don't know, when I'm 80 years old, obviously I'm not going to be doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get out there and do the things you want to do, and you realize, oh, yeah, i got to change my bar for what uh, what my expectations of myself are.
0: 100%. I heard, uh, i got a friend that's a chiropractor, and he volunteers at uh, this Hawaii uh, triathlon. It's the, uh, I don't know what it's called. Uh, but anyways, they do the, the riding, the, the swimming, and the running. And uh, he works the tents there to um, uh, triage injuries and, and their their health level when they get done their race or in the middle of the race if someone's having trouble. And so he had these uh, two men come in. One was, I think, 70-something, a uh, Brazilian, um, had just finished the race. And uh, um, he could, this older gentleman came in with a younger man. He was probably in his uh, 20s, mid-20s. Uh, the older guy only spoke Portuguese. My friend doesn't speak Portuguese. The young guy was there um, translating. And so uh, the doctor asked him what was going on. So oh, we just want to check him out, make sure he's good. He's seventy-two years old. He just competed, uh, completed this triathlon. It's a real triathlon, like whatever it is. A, uh, they do like twenty-six mile run and uh, massive biking, and they swing. Like it's it's insane. And so James just to make. Uh, um, Conversation asked them how did he place and he says, oh he placed in the top 10 and James says top 10 for his age he goes no 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 top 10 and uh so James started questioning the kid to, to get the kid to uh, get asked the grandfather um what it was and the grandfather says you just gotta keep moving every day have a plant get up in the morning and do something and so at 70 something years old that he was he he um competed in a triathlon and placed in the top 10 as probably the oldest guy there. That, to me, is super impressive. And that's what people need to set as their end goal, is doing triathlons at 70 years old. Because once you don't need to work anymore for money, you have all this free time to to, to go after these type of goals. So as long as you stay healthy and fit while you are working, when you're done, you can dedicate so much time to that stuff.
1: Well, I think it's, a, yeah, that's absolutely true. I think what you uh, you were saying earlier about when you get to that age and your goals, I think your goal options significantly change with your age. There definitely is going to become a point where the older you are, the harder it is to get back at it is going to change. to The older you are, the unlikeliness is that it's going to happen. And uh, I seriously doubt that at 70 years old, you could decide to run a triathlon and not s- have some serious health risks that you're putting yourself at. So obviously, this is someone I would assume that's been doing this for a while and just kept at it. And I think that's my motivation right now is you hit 40 and you're like, okay, well, it's kind of we need to decide. Are we going to be that decrepit old man at 70 or 80 that just sits around and can't do anything? Or are we just going to get this up and go in and keep that ball rolling? Even if it's just a little bit, we got to push that ball. And it's going to be harder and harder, but it's going to be the only option if you want to be active at that age.
0: I 100% agree. I, uh, I have a customer in my regular job that I met, and they call her, I think it's the Flying Unicorn. She works for WestJet. And she was 50 something years old, um, you know, overweight, diabetic, high blood pressure, uh, like everything that you would think an overweight 50 some year old person would have, she had. And the doctors basically said, you need to make a change in your life. So she made a decision in her head that every day she was going to do five kilometers, no matter what. She said that uh, uh, there's some days that she, well, when she first started, she only walked it. And sometimes she had to break it up into three different walks so she'd get through it. When you're, you know, 50, 70, 80 pounds overweight and you have all these health concerns, you're not just going to go out and walk 5K, but, you know, you start with working walking one 5K five times a day and you get there and so I think it was a two year period she dropped a hundred pounds everything went back to normal blood pressure no more diabetes she felt great and she was at (laughs) the point where she was starting to uh, jog or run the 5k straight and I said every day and she's like yeah every day she goes i don't run it every day she goes there's lots of days that i can but the days that i'm not feeling good or you know i got a cold or you're down then she goes oh maybe i'll run one or two and in the afternoon
1: i'll go run another one and that's and what it know is know no mean. excuses you got to make it happen somehow
0: that's it that's it and uh, it, it's super impressive to see people that make that decision in their life and go you know what I, i'm not just going to roll over and die because i'm 50 or 60 or 70 that I think if every day you put effort forward into bettering your life in one way or another, that's that should be your goal in life.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like, how am I going to push myself forward? So we got the next fight coming up here on uh, the road to FC uh, Forty Seven. This is that uh, fighter we were just looking at. This massive, massive man. Now, I'm personally, I'm at about I'm at six two um, and. I just recently did a round of keto and went down from about 260 to about, I'd say like 245. This guy judging based on uh, the ring height, he's about my height and carrying, I would say like probably 30 pounds on me. Uh, sorry, not the guy they're showing right now. Um, I honestly don't know how I kickbox probably two, three to five times a week. Um, I try to stay fairly active, and I tell you, it is, it's is—it's tough when you're a bigger guy, and I don't know how this guy is going to be a professional fighter. Um, sorry, they keep showing us the Korean fellow here. The the Chinese gentleman is uh, much, much bigger. And uh, I'm kind of interested to see how he does it. I'm always shocked. I've, I've definitely got that Roy Nelson physique, and it blows my mind how well <laughs> he's able to keep going.
0: So I'm not laughing at you. I'm watching him doing the... Uh, um bruce lee waving him. is that what my, that w- i I, f- I, I thought street fighter is what came to my mind oh, but it could have been yeah 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 the uh the chinese guy literally looks like a sumo wrestler so you know they'll fight for 12 15 20 seconds at a time smash a break. Yeah. <laughs> exactly just like two cars colliding together so this be interesting to see how long uh he lasts if he uh
1: well, the beginning of the fight is the tell, right? It sort of shows what their strategy wow. is going to be. This guy is huge. Like, seriously, his 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 stomach of, of just fat is hanging, like, halfway down his thighs, which is just not something you see. Like, I I don't see. I, I Maybe I've got a, a, a sensitivity to it, so I keep an eye out for guys that are my size or bigger, and I do not see guys coming into the gym that are this size. No, um, no. So, this will be, I don't know, I I don't know how his coaches, I don't know how his training allows him to be this size and still be competitive. So, this will be, I think this will be a lot of fun to see. This is either going to be a very short fight or a very surprising fight, however it turns out. Or a super long, boring fight. You could just (laughs) Just hug it out for 25 minutes. They might just lie on the ground and slap each other until the timer runs out. Damn, that guy big i i honestly i don't know how his knees are able to allow him to fight like it'll be interesting to see what type of fighter he is like maybe he is a sumo fighter who's uh, crossed over it'd be one of the first well the one guy's played enough to put on a uh, shirt to cover up whatever's going on
0: underneath there they're both uh, quite overweight but we'll see what kind of athletes they are just like you said uh, mentioned roy nelson that he does not look like an athlete, but we know for a fact that Roy Nelson is a force to be reckoned with at well, any time.
1: Well, um, I'm not sure. I think he's got that big that big uh, gut on him, but you look at the rest of him, and he's got arms. He's shredded. You can tell that the guy's got some serious muscle mass. These guys are so fat that you can't tell if there's muscle under there. Obviously, there is to carry that kind of load. Yeah, yeah this is so – the fight started – uh, one guy has his hands completely down around his waist. The other, <laughs> the larger man had them up, but I think he got tired, and now they're down. <laughs> now they're staring at each other, asking each other if they're going to fight or not. Uh, one guy's backing up against the ring, trying to egg
0: the other guy on to... Uh, th- you know what these guys remind me of? Like, professional wrestlers out of Japan. They, uh, they're, they're playing a, a game.
1: We'll see, though. Well, it's hard to say like that might be what got them there in the first place is their ability to play that show, right? And you can't really uh, you can't look down on someone who's who's figured out the equation for their environment. What the oh, hell was that? Head down charge. Yeah, that was a full down, hands to the side, trying to I don't know, headbutt the opponent in his belly. Yeah, oh. I can tell you, man, you do not want to eat kicks from a man that large. Those are those are tree trunks that are holding up a torso that big. He's throwing some pretty big bombs, though. Now they're in the clinch. They're both tired. Oh, I tell you, man, you do not want to be that size in clinching. We're a minute in, and they're uh, just kind of <laughs> leaning on each other right now. There is no power behind the punches. I wouldn't even call those, like, touches. Those are uh, just big waving. Slaps. <laughs> not even. That's, like, waving air to try and cool your opponent's <laughs> armpit down is what I'm <laughs> seeing there. That's, like, really nice of him, but... <laughs> I, I, Okay, they're in the clinch. They've been in it for a while. I do not think that they are clinching. I think that they are taking a break right now. They
0: are. They're just totally leaning on each other. Yeah. Herb Dean's got it. I don't know the rules of uh, Road FC are. There you go.
1: Yeah. Herb's breaking them up
0: now. Come on, guys. So if if we know something about fighters that once they get something in their mind, they're going to be stuck to it. These guys look like they're going to swing until their bellies
1: touch, and then they're going to hug until the referee breaks them apart. I honestly, I try not to judge fighters. I see it very unlikely that someone that large is going to be able to have any sort of ground game. I just don't know how you're able to move yourself around that. Like, he's literally got uh, an, uh, an opposing fighter strapped to him in weight already. Oh, for sure. So, unless he can get dominant, uh, like, dominantly on top, I don't see how he's going to be. Uh, it would be way too risky to potentially end up on the bottom.
0: Imagine doing sit ups being that big. Like um, yeah. I
1: don't think he does sit ups that big. <laughs>
0: You you have to roll. Oh, he's already holding Oh, wow. That is brutal. They're both down on their knees.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen that in a fight before, to be honest. You used to see it like way back
0: in the day in the UFC when the heavyweights would come in. They'd go hard for like three, four minutes, like Tim Sylvia days. And then they would be gassed. They'd be standing there, hands up, looking at each other.
1: Um, I don't think you ever saw them bend over or take a knee, but uh, definitely they were
0: pretty tired.
1: This is something that if you were to do in just about any martial arts club, uh, like competitive martial arts club, it wouldn't be tolerated during a class, let alone in a professional MMA match. Yeah.
0: The great thing about these uh, Chinese and Japanese organizations that do these, though, is you get a lot of the uh, freak show stuff coming in, which is fun to watch sometimes. The Gabby Garcia's, the Bob Saps. the...
1: Oh, absolutely. I think you kind of take your entertainment where you can get it. It's You can't just say that I'm super serious about the sport. I only want to see the best. Um, when it comes down to the fact of, I want to see a freak show, and uh, if it's a freak show and fighting, that's great, because it's a freak show that involves fighting. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I think most people want to see, well, maybe not most people, but I think true fight fans want to see an actual fight between legitimate competitors, but this is, you know, it's a nice thing to have
0: also. It's filler, right? They, uh they're a growing organization. They've only done 47 of these. They've got to get their roster up. they got to find the right athletes that will work for them. Um, I think a lot of North American athletes are a little hesitant to go over and fight in um, uh, Japan or China, um, even in Brazil, because they're just not that great with testing or even having the desire to want to test people to make sure that they're clean fighting. So you never know what you're getting in the ring with when you're out of the country or out of the continent as it were
1: canada and the u.s I sorry think I, i'm laughing at this fight they're back in the clinch once again like tapping each other on the side yeah. of the hip i uh, the thing that gets me is i'm not seeing any sort of strategy or understanding of the fight between these two guys uh the smaller guy keeps on charging with his head down the fact that he hasn't eaten an uppercut or a knee, I think, just goes to show that the larger yeah. guy here has no idea what he's doing in this fight. Just
0: hammer fist to the top of his head. Is that against the rules there? He's, he's scratching his head like something was wrong. I don't know.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if magic was allowed in Risen. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh,
0: um, yeah, right now, it doesn't look like these guys what really the to be in there.
1: He tried to thunderclap his head or something.
0: Yeah, he got a head kick in, though. That big
1: guy. Uh, did it? It? Didn't, it didn't look like he got but that But didn't high. land it, but he got it up high enough. Well, give it to him. They made it through the first round. That was uh, unexpected. Yeah.
0: Well, it was only about 30 seconds of fighting in four or, or sorry, in five minutes, so yeah. they did a lot
1: of resting, very little fighting. Still, though, it's impressive that they made it through. Did you notice that they're, they're fighting in an octagon here? Uh, they are. I guess in China you're allowed to do anything. I think that's a big old screw you, we don't buy into uh your uh your licensing. That was interesting. So the one uh when they took the break there, the smaller guy took a knee. And as far as I know, you can't actually attack someone when they take a knee, although that could be a boxing.
0: No, you in in MMA you
1: can definitely attack them. You're not allowed to kick a person down on a knee. Um like the uh, I don't mean just like just potentially being down, but in the strat- like in the actual um, courtesy in boxing, taking a knee mm-hmm. generally means that you're giving a break to your opponent for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, a lot of guys when uh, they take big body shots in boxing will take a knee just because they can't catch your breath and don't want to take a head shot, right? Oh, so for they sure. Get the yeah. eight count.
1: <laughs> <laughs> These guys are weird. Oh, uh, this is pretty funny. Like when you think of so we so far we saw Gabby and Gabby can't be in any fight. It's not a freak show. We saw two just massive, massive men just uh, smash each other. Now we're watching two fat guys fight. Um, Risen just does not disappoint. <laughs> no.
0: Did you hear about uh, the new organization that Boss Ruten bought into? It's uh, I think it's like a, a karate type. Uh, organization that they're they're doing there's you're allowed to go to the ground but you only get like five or ten seconds on the ground where you can strike um, or submit but then you get stood right back up again oh well, that's interesting i wonder if um i don't I think don't it's, it's what in that ca- would be. i don't think it's in a cage or a ring either i think it's like that old chuck norris thing where it's like a a mat and the sides kind of bowl up a little bit
1: and that's what they're fighting in um i'll look it up here yeah, it's an interesting... Um, I was going to hammer fist through him. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, you good call in there. Interesting ideas when it comes to the rings and what, what works best and whatnot. I think having the, the boundaries there maybe isn't the best um, environment to display the martial arts, but I definitely think having those boundaries is what makes it an actual event versus your local neighborhood uh, point sparring karate tournament or something. I just, these guys, yeah, it's disappointing. When I see these really large guys, I really want them to come out and prove you wrong on what you think about a, a large fighter. And these guys are fighting exactly what you'd
0: expect. That's, I was just going to say that. There's, this is what I would expect from two guys in that shape is they're going to spend 90% of the time resting and, you know, they'll explode out for 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. seconds and then they're they're going to rest again. They just don't have any more um in them after that okay
1: this is interesting this really fat guy his go-to move seems to be the hammer fist on the top of the head yeah i've seen that twice now and it's hilarious um especially now that he's losing power under it See there you go <laughs> yeah. uh, it's really funny oh try to take down but couldn't get that low oh well so I, I i think i might be quitting this podcast after the first episode i'm going to go to uh, japan and i'm going to fight in risen
0: become a professional fighter.
1: I'm pretty sure I could take this guy. Pick up
0: uh, Japanese and Chinese chicks and live
1: the high life. Uh, Yeah, whatever this guy's doing. (laughs) Eating a lot of noodles, I'm assuming. Have you ever done uh, sumo? Um, Yeah, I think I actually have. Not like not like a like I've done short little classes and that sort of little thing. I wouldn't. say Training in it. I wonder if we have any local because I'd like to go
0: and see what the training regimen is for. Uh, sumo fighters. They're, I mean, they're real athletes. They're uh, you know they they're good at what they do. I know in Hawaii you get a lot of uh, sumo wrestlers coming out there. They got some pretty big camps with a lot of guys, um, and do very well in the world um, sumo wrestling championships. But uh, I would love to uh, be part of that. It kind of seems like just the less
1: the less technical version of Greco wrestling, sort kind of, of the, way. the way it looks. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of allowing to have those massive impacts that you have from such large competitors and then taking away all the things that you would normally have that they probably wouldn't be able to do in technical, the more technical wrestling. I, every time this guy goes for this top-head hammer fist, it gives me a chuckle. <laughs> that uh, y- y-
0: You can't imagine that would work. Like, what? what's the point of hitting someone right on top of the head with a hammer fist? Other than hurting your hand, it can't do that much damage to somebody.
1: Well, I think for this type of event, they're, everyone's looking for their signature move, and uh, I don't think anyone else has that one.
0: I guess you could use it as a distraction.
1: See, I'm surprised. So, okay, a guy this big has got to have some issues with his knees, and I'm surprised that his opponent isn't going for his legs. Those, uh, those super popular leg kicks you see a lot in fighting these days. Yeah, even
0: the big guy doesn't even look like he has that thick of legs.
1: I think it might be relative. Maybe if we compare him to Herb Dean, who's refereeing this match, those legs are quite large, I think, comparative yeah, yeah. To, you know, just compared to his body, the rest <laughs> of him. No, they're not that big. But He
0: looks like a popsicle, little skinny legs, big body on top.
1: Yeah, well, a know, lollipop. The interesting thing is, there's—I I don't think this guy is going to be able to ever be taken down with a body shot. He just has so much fat. Yeah. Um, is that the end of the round? No, I think he needs a break. Oh, he took one in the berries. Yeah, I had noticed earlier uh, the the f- the larger guy, his uh, belly hangs down so low that it gets in the way oh. of his knees getting high enough, and Look at that. he's landed a few in the junk. That's
0: nasty. So, Boss Rutan's—I uh, don't know if he bought into it or if he's just supporting it. I think it's called uh, Coco Sports, and it's a um, a form of karate um, combat sport, karate-based combat sport. That uh, I think it started—I can't find it now. Uh, started somewhere overseas, coming to the U.S. Everything's going to be on YouTube or um, their own kind of like. Um, UFC fight pass kind of kind of channel I think, so I'd be very curious into seeing what it's like and watching a few fights. Bet you see a lot of knockouts in that type of organization when it's really a stand up based fight.
1: Mm-hmm. There's been some interesting. Everyone seems to have their own little uh, twist. I know um, John Wayne Parr, the the Muay Thai kickboxer out of Australia, had that one. Muay where it was uh, MMA gloves in an octagon or a cage to some degree, but full Muay Thai, which uh, you would assume would just be devastating, but there is that whole Thai thing where they just literally wrap their hands in that ropey fabric and just smash each other. So
0: And those guys are tough, for, tough as nails. There's got to be something in their DNA that, I mean, they take shots, elbows, knees, shins to the face, and they don't go down. you're like, how does that happen? Like, How do you, how do you condition your brain so that you're not you know, collapsing when you take an elbow to the to the temple.
1: Yeah, I well, I, I love Muay Thai. I think one of the things that I don't like about Muay Thai, though, is how much conditioning is involved, whether that be uh, your cardio, your fitness, or just making you tough, just getting hit a lot to the point where you either don't care or you don't feel it anymore. Just tell uh, your body as much as you possibly can. Yeah, I think in Thailand, it's such a highly competitive sport that, you just get the piss kicked out of you and eventually you either stop caring or it stops feeling. Hmm.
0: So this uh, organization started in Budapest, uh, Hungary. So that's where they ran their first event.
1: Yeah, so. that's not sketchy at all. <laughs>
0: we'll see. If Bas Rutin's behind it, and it looks like Chuck Liddell's behind it, which I guess kind of almost uh, rule each other out. Yeah. <laughs> Bas Rutin is very yeah. cognitive and uh, uh, makes good decisions. I don't know that Chuck Liddell's in that same
1: camp. We just had a head kick takedown by this large guy. Wow. He had... That's the funny thing is he ha- He pretty much has to throw these side kicks because he has to get his legs around that belly. Yeah. This is over. It's done. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> I don't know if that was... He's wobbly
0: on his legs and he won. Like, he is so gassed right now. He's, he's almost like he's punch drunk.
1: I have so many questions. Was this a fighter who got really out of shape like how is this guy throwing head kicks with that kind of body like you've got to have significant training to get to that level yet somehow maintain that body weight
0: yeah like you think about the training it takes to become a professional fighter you're looking at
1: to get to the point of being able to throw a head kick that's 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 some time it takes to get to that level
0: yeah you would imagine these guys are training two times a day two hours a piece at least that no maybe not that guy the amount of calories you have to eat to stay that size and do that kind of training? Yeah, seriously.
1: This guy is, I would like to be, compl- not not to exaggerate, he's on the lower end of the people you see on those shows that can't leave their house. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> he's very close
0: to that size for sure. Yeah,
1: most of those people can't even stand up, let alone like <laughs> run a full-on uh, MMA match.
0: What was that show, uh, Honey Boo Boo, the mom? What was oh, the mom's yeah. name in there? That's what it sort of reminds me of. She was still walking. I w- yeah,
1: I guess that's fair. Maybe he could take her, too. You know what? Next time we watch
0: one of these road FCs, we'll do a little bit of research and find out who these people are and their background, and we can speak a little bit more clearly <laughs> on them. I don't We're know. I'm just I saying think the fat guy, I think the less being, fat guy. I
1: think being ignorant it makes it a lot more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and to be honest, I'm not too concerned if this guy comes looking for me. He's
0: probably an inch taller than Herb Dean and, what, double the weight?
1: Uh, if he's under 300 pounds, I would be pretty shocked. I can't imagine him being under 300. Herb Dean's a big dude, big fit dude, and he's probably uh, 235. Yeah. So that other
0: guy's got to be well over 300 pounds.
1: Yeah. Oh, I would like, like I said, I'd be shocked. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the higher level of, uh, it's hard to say because when you get muscular fat, yeah, you're dealing with a really weird, like you don't have that uh, reference point for other people that you maybe encountered. Right, right.
0: You got a trophy. What organization gives out trophies other than like
1: belts for champions? Like you got a little glass trophy. I think they should be giving out something way more comical being that it's risen. I That's don't know what it. that would be. Um, Like candy? That'd be fun. <gasps> a dragon's head. A dragon's head? Yeah. Yeah? Puppies. Puppies. She <laughs> <laughs> <You laughs> gives out <laughs> kittens and puppies <laughs> when you win. What the uh, fuck? Okay, look at this guy here. This what is that? Is that Russia or something? That guy is like 148 a monster. Forty-eight kilograms. That what is, is that? I don't know. Two point two times.
0: That is huge. That's three hundred and fifty pounds, roughly. I would think. What did I say? One forty-eight kilograms times two point two. He's three twenty-five. Wow. Wow. Smashy smash. He uh, he's actually looks like for for a big guy, like in decent shape. Like he's really muscular with a little bit of fat.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh, he looks like a powerful guy there for sure.
0: This is an open weight oh, class. Who's that fight. guy? The guy in the left?
1: Yeah, he's um he's been around. Uh, oh man, I can't think of. I'll rewind it. I think they had his name there somewhere.
0: Um, somewhere he's just he's,
1: p- he's been on. Popping between
0: Alexander Lungu. Perfect storm is brewing in the cage. Saturday, May twelfth, Cadillac Arena, Open Weight Grand Prix. It's not his name.
1: Where's his name? Uh, I don't know. Alex Alexander versus guy and Chris Chris Barrett. Chris Barrett. Or maybe I don't know. One of. The, I think the, yeah. Who knows? Anyways, so uh, I got a question for you here. Yep. I've got a list of uh, things to ask you. I'm okay. gonna let you choose one. What uh, What's the most embarrassing, or what are you most willing to answer out of this?
0: Why would you choose that hairstyle? <laughs> What order do you get dressed? What's your phobia? Tell me about your name. How many fights have you been in? What's the weirdest place you've slept? Um, Where do you see yourself in the zombie apocalypse? I think we should talk about the zombie apocalypse. Okay,
1: I'm always going to talk about the zombie apocalypse. Okay. So So where do you see yourself in the zombie apocalypse? Uh, How about... Let's pick a time frame. Uh, One year into the zombie apocalypse, what are you doing? How well are you doing? How well am I doing? I am...
0: Not carrying as much fat as I have right now, I'm going to be. Does that m- mean we're not hanging out? <laughs> <I'm definitely laughs>
1: I find that offensive I, on I, numerous levels. I don't.
0: I don't feel like I'm going to be carrying you in the zombie <laughs> apocalypse at any at any given point. I don't think. Um, <laughs> I'd be finding somebody like you that's well stocked, uh, that's nice, knows me, friendly. Uh, I think a year in, I'd be doing pretty good. You sound like a stray dog. Uh, I think you got to be a little bit of a stray dog and then find your place yeah. to be the alpha dog when you can in, in the uh, zombie apocalypse. I think I would head towards the south side of the mountains, some place where you have a little bit of cover, you're going to have lots of animals, you have lots of resources, uh, find a good uh, glacier-fed stream that you can get good clean water out of um i'm not a i'm not a gun guy so i don't it depends on how the apocalypse goes like if it turns into into the badlands where it's all martial artists i think i'd do all right and uh, i think if it turns into like um uh i can't think of another one uh zombie apocalypse type movie where you know they have lots of guns and war and pretty much all of them yeah yeah what was the one with brad pitt world war z
1: Oh yeah, if uh, it's the if book, it's yeah.
0: if it's fast zombies, I don't think I'm gonna last a year. But if it's like Walking Dead zombies, I'm gonna do
1: pretty just kind good. Kind of wandering around, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're looking for a lot of resources. Yeah. How do you feel you're gonna deal with those resources? Do you think you can you just you think you know enough that you could you can make that happen, or are you just hoping to kind of figure it out over time?
0: Uh probably gonna. Right now, I'm gonna say I'm gonna try to figure it out over time. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fair although we don't know what the uh,
0: the apocalypse is going to be maybe all the water will be tainted and all the animals will die and then what are you going to do i should do some more nature walks and find out what i can eat
1: well i, I guess there's a, there's that factor of uh, how bad is it yeah yeah, yeah. It definitely could be an issue i think there's a level not a very high level where everyone's just fucked at that point i
0: don't think the uh, zombie apocalypse would take place in north america I think that we don't have enough people to create the disease that would do that. Like if you went to, uh, you know, an overpopulated place like India or China or something like that, I think that's where it's going to start. And as long as they don't figure out how to fly planes, I think we'll do pretty good.
1: Well, there's an interesting. There's a I don't know if you call it a game or an app where it simulates uh, how a plague potentially would spread. Ah, yeah, I think it some plays that one. Oh, is it? Yeah, apparently it puts you get immediately put onto some sort of like NSA watch list if you have that. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, it, it should you. How many
0: 11-year-old boys are trying to make diseases to take over the world?
1: Probably quite a few. I think <laughs> it probably puts you on a very big list that crosses <laughs> a few other things. Maybe uh, maybe don't let him uh, become a fan of fertilizer in the next uh, while. Uh, that might go. be an issue. Yeah. But if he comes and asks me to buy
0: a truckload of fertilizer, I should phone NSA.
1: Uh, I think they'll probably contact you before oh. that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting how well a disease can actually spread, and it will absolutely spread. Uh, it's just a matter of how you can slow it down. It seems, and potentially, if it's a curable disease, then yeah, they eventually it will be dealt with. And certainly, the first world countries will have those parameters. And the farther away you are, also, is a factor. But. Yeah.
0: I don't remember if it was a podcast I listened to or if it was in a movie. I'm drawing a total blank right now where they were talking about like, we are always on the edge of some pandemic that's putting the world at risk and that they're always just barely staying ahead of the the diseases that are going to
1: take out mass amounts of people. Well, yeah, I suppose that seems to be kind of what their job is. I guess that's how I see it. So I'm not surprised if they exist. There must be a reason for it. Um yeah, so, oh, uh, would you eat a human being?
0: Would I eat a human being? You know, those soccer players from uh, wherever it was. I guess, what, what w- yeah, I
1: should also ask, what would the scenario be that you would consider this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not like
1: right now, like after that, the, after the <laughs> podcast, you <laughs> want to go see if we can find some vagrants.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, it would have to be like a last resort for me. It would have to be there's no animals left, I can't fish. That uh, huh, Then you got to debate whether it's even worthwhile staying alive. Like if there's nothing on the planet, what are, what are what are you fighting for? Like what are you trying to stay alive for? If the only thing left
1: is just hu- you know weird zombie humans, pure competition would be my answer. Pure
0: competition.
1: Well, I am I will be the last person alive, and I will eat you if I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, now I got to <laughs> step up my game and say, uh, well, yeah, well, big. Apo- uh, I'm not coming to your apartment for help and in the, <laughs> uh, the zombie apocalypse anymore. Now that
1: it's a n- it's not a matter of survival; it's a matter of winning and losing.
0: Winning and losing—that's yeah. the game. So, do you ever watch The Walking Dead?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't watch it very religiously. I find it—I don't have the patience to sit and watch a lot of television shows, personally. But that, and uh, I'm a bit of a nerd, survival-wise. So everything about that show bothers me. Yeah,
0: yeah. there's uh, there, there's a lot of yeah, not very not realistic things that you would think of going on there but what uh, what the show kind of shows is that you know almost everybody wants to be in a group and so would you in a uh, zombie apocalypse want to have a group or would you want to be off
1: on your own? That's definitely a really good question. Um, uh, you kind of want to give a yes or no answer to that but I think there's a, it's a lot more to that I would want I definitely would want to have a group but you'd want to have the right group. I think I'd much rather, it, I'm a little different than most people just being so obsessed with that sort of thing that I'm pretty sure I'd do all right on my own. Um, I'd rather have people, but if I'm by myself, I never have to worry about someone potentially in my group killing me in the middle of the night because we don't agree Try on off. something. So that would be the trick, it'd be finding the right group, which I guess is probably in, in today's society, that's that's kind of what you what most people should be doing is trying to find those people to surround themselves with.
0: We were talking about today on the bike ride, right? How much uh, we can all get out and ride our bikes and go to the gym and go swim in, you know, train, uh, do some bag work, uh, um, all that kind of stuff by ourselves. But it's so much better doing it with a group of people <coughs> that uh, that you like hanging out with and um, that are of the same mindset as you, right? Oh, absolutely.
1: That and that, I think that's like a big motivation with podcasts for uh, people coming to listen to them. Yet a lot of people will tell you, like, well, it doesn't have that um, production level. You don't have the the, D, the strip club DJ voices going on. It's just people talking endlessly, like we're doing right now, about random things. But for a lot of people, their options for who they have to be in their their life are, are very limited, mm. and uh, maybe they are the only person in their uh, in their area who's in, into watching freak show martial arts and talking <laughs> about the zombie apocalypse. Well good news you can hang out with us you don't get to actually engage us in the conversation but we're here and you can actually realize that you're not the only person out there thinking that way or feeling that way or interested in that in general right yeah yeah so not not only is it kind of a degree to not be so lonely in the world but it's also a way to kind of get that outlet so maybe if you for some reason you're stuck in that situation you can keep being around those people that you really have no interest in, but you do need that social contact. 100%.
0: So speaking of uh, the podcast, uh, we should probably let people know what our kind of plans are for the future and where this podcast is going and type of guests that we're going to be
1: having on. Um, Well, I don't know about you. I'm only in this to make a lot of money and... um, Pretty much that's it. Cause I, uh, from what I understand, podcasting is the way to do that.
0: Sweet. Um, I'm, I'm okay with making lots of money. I'm okay with having uh, corporate sponsorship
1: and doing whatever they want us to do. Mm, yeah. No? Unfortunately, <laughs> I think the only way that I'm going to make a lot of money on this is going to involve an insurance policy on you. Oh, so You'd have to fight my
0: wife for it because she's, she's got insurance policies on me now. So
1: I will be taking my own out. They'll be very specific. Um <laughs> If Chad dies by uh, zombie apocalypse. Mountain biking ride gone (laughs) awry. Uh,
0: Slips off his bike down a cliff, gets eaten by coyotes. Yeah. Yeah, there you go uh yeah so well, i don't know where i'm gonna get coyotes
1: from so there's
0: lots of coyotes in uh, noah's hill park
1: yeah it's, that's the coordination aspect though yeah let's yeah. find a den and make sure i hit my head right close to the den cover you and in coyote urine or whatever they're drawn to rabbit blood rabbit blood yeah make that rabbit squealing sound <laughs> that baby crying yeah oh wow, yeah i gotta figure out what i have to do to you make that sound and that's how you're gonna probably fall off your bike by accident Whew, i wonder who you could find that would do that kind of insurance policy uh, probably whoever covers Risen. <laughs> sure enough. So,
0: yeah. I, uh, speaking of insurance, I uh, there used to be, and I don't know if it's still in effect or not in effect, but you used to be able to take policies out on anybody. You don't even have to yep. tell them. They don't have to sign up. I don't think you can do that in Canada anymore. Yeah, I think okay. there's
1: been a few movie plots that were based on just taking out insurance policy PMP. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, I think, though, uh, um, someone will tell me whether I'm wrong or not, but the... Uh, uh, a friend of mine was saying, or maybe it was my dad, I think it was my dad telling me that farmers, almost like uh, betting on the roulette wheel, would take insurance policies out on other people's fields, because you could only max out your insurance on your field um, to a certain extent, like, well, right. oh, if your whole field goes. But if I have insurance on 75 fields, then... Um, if uh, the hailstorm comes in, I get paid out for all 75 fields. Sure. Yeah. And so. Uh, that's
1: more like gambling, though. Well, that, that, that is gambling. Thought. Yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah. It's betting on, let's bet it all on black, spin that wheel, let's see what happens this yep. year. Are we going to get a hailstorm? Are we going to get a flood?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that. I think that's pretty hard to say. That's not gambling, but that's kind of what insurance is in general. I've heard I there's some know. people that are just some very, very religious people. Have argued that uh, having to carry insurance is actually against their religion because it's technically gambling.
0: Hmm. I, I I don't disagree with it being gambling. I don't know that it'd be sinful gambling. I guess there's no line in the sand for sin.
1: Well, yeah. If gambling you're going to take that gambling. hard line, black or white, it's definitely on the side of uh, gambling. Here, watch this guy right with the fire Watch now. This guy's doing cartwheels and breakdancing and. All kinds of fun stuff that a man of his girth should probably not be doing, (laughs) uh, but is doing about as well as you'd think a man of his girth would be doing. Yeah, these guys. Is the fight over? Yeah, the fight is over. Yeah, it was another stoppage. Yeah. He's pretty excited about it. Yeah, he's an interesting looking guy, that's for sure. The Chinese crowds
0: don't look. We can't hear. We got the volume off but they don't look nearly as enthusiastic as the uh, the North American crowds that we see at UFC. I think they're a lot more.
1: Um, I, I lost my, my word there. <laughs> um, Sedate. S- sed- yeah. Conservative. 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 Yeah, yeah, you don't have that like NASCAR hooting, hollering <laughs> type of uh, Hillbilly mentality rhetoric. there. Yeah, it's not the whole like, hey, I w- I'm going to go home and I want to be able to hear my one hoot. In the background of all of what's going on. Now he's going to get his, uh, his handy, yeah, his, uh, his sucker.
0: Hmm.
1: Some sort of crystal butt plug they get. That's what it looks like, doesn't it? It really does, yeah.
0: That's an unfortunate shape for a trophy.
1: Yeah, it's, for why it's always good to get someone else's outside opinion when you go and invest in that sort of thing. Man, how
0: fun would it be to run an org- uh, an MMA organization, put on fights, always have front row seats.
1: I, it seems pretty sketchy to be honest. For the most part, I don't know if that's the lifestyle I'm looking for.
0: <laughs> I think the best job in the world would be uh, Joe Rogan or Dana White Just or talking uh, about it. Yeah, the um, who's the uh, shoot? I can't remember his name right now. He sets up all the fights in the UFC. Like he picks all the oh. who's going to fight who. Shelby is it Shelby? No, it's not Bruce. I
1: I, uh, I know who you're talking about, and I cannot remember that guy. That might name. be the
0: best job in the world.
1: Pick. Well, considering the fights don't tend to be, don't seem to be, that's my phone, a lot of the fights don't seem to be based on uh, actual standings, they seem to be based on something else. It makes you wonder if that wouldn't be frustrating.
0: There's no standard for the, the rankings anyways, it's all just like magazine opinions, like Sure Dog. Um,
1: well, who's going to sell? Who's going to sell tickets seems to be the biggest factor.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and that will depend on the type of fan that they have right now. We talked about this today as well, right? Mm-hmm. How many people um, really remember GSP you, you know, as he's coming up the ranks? and was great. He's, he's probably a household name, uh, not nearly the level that Conor would be right. know, or the Diaz brothers would be. But like, how many people are talking about Rich Franklin? And he was one of the mm-hmm. greatest of all yeah. time.
1: Like well, like we were saying earlier uh, before the podcast, the, the biggest fight for right now is Conor McGregor versus GSP ignore the fact that it's completely different weight classes and GSP is almost guaranteed to destroy connor not because he's yeah. a better fighter because he's just so much bigger
0: yeah he'd and
1: wrestle him like a bear he would just pull him down but it's it, it is the best fight to make right now because it is the biggest money fight that they can possibly make at this point naturally and that's the factor right
0: kevin ferguson khabib um not kevin ferguson tony ferguson Khabib is a pretty big fight that the new fans are are going to be um, wanting to see. Um, uh, Max Holloway, I, uh, and maybe he's not a household name. He should be. He's, he's a phenomenal fighter. Like, real MMA fans understand how good Max Holloway well, is. Well, I think the biggest problem is
1: the stars don't stay stars long enough anymore to get that to generate that fame. I was listening to someone the other day, and they were talking
0: about how fast... Uh, fighters make it into the UFC like they've got four professional fights under their belt and also they're UFC fighters which is the you know arguably the topped uh, organization out there that's where the best fighters are and uh, how do you have four of anything and then become the highest level professional that it's it's still in its infancy that uh, you don't you won't see uh, Muay Thai type Fighters where they're having 75, 80, 100 fights um, in their career. These guys, like uh, a really high level
1: um, MMA fighter, will have what? What do you 20, 25 fights? Well, I think yeah, and it comes down to the whole situation of like when is this going to be a mainstream thing? Until you see uh, MMA in uh, schools, you're really not going to see a uh, a big enough pool that you can really have those standards. Like I think you and I both have done this for quite a while and. Uh, i don't personally me I, I wouldn't even rank myself at an amateur competitive level at this point yeah. with that said though when you look at the numbers i'm definitely in the top one percent of all people that do martial arts
0: oh and the and the just general because so public. many people quit yeah absolutely after. yeah
1: not because not because of greatness it's just very few people do it now the ones that do it almost all of them quit in the first year yeah
0: and, and it's a hard sport right you see uh UFC fighters or, or mma fighters that are you know 10 15 years into their career they're not in good shape
1: they're not healthy happy no
0: (laughs) right the the brain damage the body
1: breaking down i'm not even looking at ufc fighters to see that i go to my own gym and i see guys that are my age that have been fighting their entire lives and they're i'm sure they're very happy about what they've done but there's definitely some some lights that aren't turned on up there
0: yeah and i don't think there's any way to get around that that uh, um Anytime you choose to get
1: punched in the head uh, on a daily basis, you there's got to be some side effects to that. Yeah, but what's the side effect of sitting on the couch and eating chips? Um, that's got some pretty bad side effects too, I think. And oh, 100
0: percent agree. I know, I'm not suggesting that people don't do anything. That like you sit around and bubble no, wrap sure, and, yeah. and wait for your time to come.
1: Um, but I think it's life takes a cost no matter what you do. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, or it's funny because you look it back. You look back, you know, fifty years ago. Um, so when I was born in the in the seventies, and and the activity level, the athletes back then, and they were nothing comp- not nothing. They they were good for the time, but they're nowhere near where we are now. So in the last fifty years, how we've grown and changed, and the only way to do that is by pushing the limits every single time. Oh, for sure. So whether you're a sprinter, I um, mean, you're pushing the limits with food, with supplements, with whatever. We're changing our future by, by pushing those limits. Well,
1: and we're at a point in history right now where it's really hard to say what options are gonna be available to us when we're older. Um, like we were saying earlier, we were watching grandmothers that are like just destroying us on the bike paths. Yeah. That, I don't know if that was an issue or if that was an option um, when I was like a kid. Like when that would have been my grandmother riding with me on the back of a bike. I don't think that was an option for older people that at that point.
0: You would have to think there were some of them out
1: there. Maybe some of them, yeah. those but, outliers. W-
0: but not as many as you would see today.
1: No, it's a choice. I mean, Everyone has a choice today. Yeah. I think it would be really interesting to look like when our generation is older, if you took the people like us that are just going and getting brain damage for fun, and then compared to people that had a sedentary lifestyle, and you compared the two to see which one ended up actually turning out worse health-wise.
0: Yeah. I, you gotta, you gotta believe that the athlete is gonna do better long term. It may not be the happiest life, like you have these um, emotional outbursts or headaches or um, you know. Yeah,
1: but you gotta ask yourself. Those are a lot of people that they they had other factors in their life too. Like yeah. a, a lot of our a lot of people we we spend time with are uh, people that have that have fought, and I think we all probably have a degree of of brain damage. And we make the joke all the time that we're constantly telling each other, like no one ever says I've heard that story before because that would be the conversation. It's just, <laughs> I've heard that story before. I've heard that story before. Yeah, I've heard this one too. Yeah. So I, I guess it's a situation of like, you just kind of, you find the humor in your flaws and uh, when those flaws come from something, I guess a little more commendable than just sitting on the couch, It's uh, it's easier to take. I don't think there's a lot of people that are morbidly obese because of having a sedentary lifestyle that have a humor about it, the way fighters have a humor about their brain damage and their joints not working properly.
0: Right. Yeah. You're not, you know, 55 years old, 400 pounds, can't get off the couch, making jokes about how you're stuck on making the couch. jokes
1: about your diabetes, the <laughs> way that we make jokes about our brain damage.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, definitely. The I'm sure they, they live a better long-term life. What is interesting to me... Fighters, you mean? Fighters yeah. do for sure. What what uh, what I'm super looking forward to in the next forty years of my life is seeing the uh, sons and daughters of the um, you know the GSPs and the Conor McGregor's and the Gabby Garcias and the Amanda Nunez. Um, what you know, three generations from now, what the fighters are going to look like, what they're going to do, what condition they're going to be in, because the evolution is coming, and, and I'm pretty impressed with those athletes now. Where are they going to be in 20 years? 20 years ago, um, boxers, runners, they're not even close to what they are nowadays.
1: 20 years ago, you could have walked into a Shotokan karate school and legitimately believe that that was a deadly art form. Yeah um that's not the case anymore today for sure.
0: No, anyone that watches MMA knows that you have to be well-rounded as a fighter. You have to be able to stop takedowns and and be able to strike at a super high level and be able to once it hits the ground or if it hits the ground to be able to defend yourself or to submit somebody down there and you know so many of the old arts were great for the time that they were developed for, but compared to the athletes and the type of fighting they're doing nowadays, there's not even a an ounce of a chance that most of them would stand. You would have to be an outstanding athlete to be able to compete having just one of those old-style Yeah. Arts.
1: Well, I think we're still in we're still in that age of uh, the old-school arts. We're still dealing with specialists right now. No. We're only at the very, very beginning of seeing MMA being an actual art form. For the most part, you're seeing people who are good at jiu-jitsu, people that are good at Muay Thai, that have maybe some of those some of those karate styles and taekwondo styles bringing those in as flair but we're not really seeing a new fighting style and I think that's probably what we're going to see is like the actual fighting style where you're not just thinking about okay well, there's a break in the striking I can take my takedown now you're gonna actually see guys that are going in there purely as MMA fighters not yeah. as.
0: I think we're starting to see some of that now that some of these fighters coming up had never done um, a specialty art. They're, n- they they did not come from a type one down.
1: Yeah. Um, that's it. That's the infancy definitely that I think that we're having right now. We're not seeing that innovation quite yet. We're seeing guys that are getting comfortable with that environment.
0: Yeah. And with, uh, Canadian schools like champions creed and, um, Toshido's in Kelowna and, uh, Ferasa hobbies club in, in, uh, Quebec. Um, we're going to see that. We're going to see those guys that grew up in that, that, those type of organizations, um, and then the new trainers coming in and the new coaches coming in, they're going to implement that. Well, you're not going to take jiu-jitsu classes anymore. You're going to take MMA classes. So when you show up there, you're going to do you know, 45 minutes of this and then 45 minutes of wrestling and then 45 minutes of stand-up. That that's going to be the norm um, for, for martial arts training.
1: Well, I, I think, yeah, I think it's... Uh, I wonder if it's going to even be that segregated. I think it's going to be a lot of... We're not going to just drill your, uh, your left... You know your one-two combo. We're going to drill a one-two takedown defense combo. Yeah, we're no longer looking at it them as, as segregated art forms. It is there's one art form we're doing right now. Yeah, you cannot afford to be fighting like that with that opening there. There's no longer striking class. There's no longer grappling class. There's now MMA class. Yeah, and
0: uh, and still lots of coaches are like, well, we're going to teach jiu-jitsu for MMA. We're going to teach um, kickboxing for MMA. Because it's a different style, right? Like the
1: Which is smart because you got to figure it out, right?
0: Right. Because Muay Thai on its own against a well-rounded MMA fighter may or may not do well. If he doesn't know how to stop takedowns or even read takedowns coming in, well, he's not going to do anything once he's on his back.
1: Right. But, you know, once again, the, the, the big thing about martial arts and the exciting part about martial arts is there's always that opportunity for that one lucky shot. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's where that Muay Thai fighter probably has their best advantage is you never know. They might read something wrong, and when they shoot for that double leg takedown, just happens to be when that Muay Thai fighter decided he was going to throw that flying knee, and then you had that situation with uh, Cyborg Santos where he's got a <sighs> dent in his skull.
0: Yeah, steel plate. Yeah, That guy wanted to fight like three weeks after that too. Like what kind of savage is that?
1: I don't know. Like you got to ask yourself, with somebody like that, can you really have rules that you would imply over like people like us? How do you mean? Well, I think most uh, most rules that you look at for safety in, in MMA fighting, you're looking at the average person. Yeah. Would it r- be reasonable for someone like me or you who want to have a life outside of fighting to go fight after we just had our skull crushed? Probably not. Yeah. What about a guy who this is what he does? He's an MMA machine. This is what he wants to do.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, a good example of that is that uh, you take someone that's been in a massive car crash here. No, not seriously injured, but just went through the the stressors of a major car crash. That they're they're off work, they can't uh, they can't drive right now, they can't be on the road, so they get all kinds of But how many soldiers go through car crashes every single day? Or, you know, they're standing beside something that explodes and they just keep going on to work that they're designed to, to go through that stuff, right? They, they've been trained that we're, we're not going to stop because something bad happens. We're the normal human beings. So you're saying that, you know, me and you get our skull crushed in. well We're done. We're, we're not doing much of anything else after that. But someone like Santos, he was probably back training three weeks later. Um, well, we know he was and he, and he wanted to fight again.
1: That's the interesting thing about evolution, though, is I think you see a lot of things that are still existing in modern society that are probably based on a very primal level. And I think uh, one of the issues with war is you see with a lot of PTSD that guys, they want to go back because it, it's the most obvious cure. They want to go back to an environment where they're having daily car crashes and explosions and constantly in fear of dying yeah. because there's some primal aspect of them that needs to be on the verge of... of uh, death, potentially, at any, yeah. any point in time. And just being safe and calm, their brains no longer function that way. There was... Uh,
0: I'm trying to remember a book who I think we both read it recently. But it was talking about... Maybe it was in The Way of Man? Tribe, maybe. Tribe. I think it was in Tribe, where they were talking about... You're right. It, I think it was in Tribe, where they were talking about during wartime, uh, suicides and depression levels drop significantly because yeah. yeah. they all have a, a very high level purpose to what has to go into the day they have to survive where people that just wander around do their jobs get their groceries cook a meal go to sleep and do the same thing all over again the next day they don't have a higher purpose we need
1: conflict in our life and if we don't have it well we will be our own conflict
0: yeah yeah that's got to be true it's got to be true i think that's why it's important uh set the goals be a healthy old man be a healthy grandpa be Mm -hmm. you know challenge yourself every day you know we did a uh 21 kilometer ride today in an hour and 12 minutes we're going to record our rides every weekend and see what the the timelines are if they're not getting better well then we're doing something wrong
1: uh, yeah that's what it does come down to we are trying to challenge ourselves because we don't have those daily challenges i know there's, i don't feel challenged or uh threatened at, at any given point during the day
0: definitely not a threat
1: no yeah. threats
0: yeah i feel challenges at work to to uh help grow the company that i'm in and to win quotes and be the best salesman. I, I, I feel challenges during the day. Uh, they're not the same as, like, the physical challenges that we put ourselves through in martial arts or, or uh, mountain bike riding or, you know, running whatever whatever challenges physically we try to do. They are different, but they're definitely challenges.
1: And for sure, like, and sometimes the best motivation you can possibly have is, is looking at it as if it is a challenge. Um, kind of, you say... Uh it's not realistic that if I don't train today that anything's going to happen. But when you start telling yourself, well, if I don't train today, I might not train tomorrow also. And I've got this goal that I believe that because I'm over 40, if I don't train every day, I'm going to start losing this and I'm not going to be able to get it back. Yeah. And there, now all of a sudden you do have this threat, this threat of the lifestyle that you want to be having.
0: But yeah. you have to set a goal for that to actually be a threat. Right? If you oh, absolutely. If it's, you it's not
1: real, realistic by any means. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Cool. Another FC fight, couple of big dudes. It seems like uh, China has brought in just the monsters that are in the area to fight.
1: I wonder if they do their fights based their uh, fight night based on weight class.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the, the last one we watched, they said it was an open weight class, so that might have been the whole night that it was. It's just an open weight class that no one's any specific weight.
1: Who Sorry, knows? I'm moving wow. my microphone technicalities here. I've had to start to standing up in the podcast here. My uh, my backside does not tolerate this. Oh, speaking of which, we're both running fancy seats now on our bikes, yep. which I personally believe is the most important thing you can have on your bike is a good seat. Yep. And that's uh, something that's going to give you the cushioning, but also give you the relief on that artery that goes between uh, your legs there. Yep. From what I understand, cutting that off is what causes the pain and the sensitivity in, uh, in your backside, which... As comical as it is, that's that is what causes you to not want to ride anymore, is that pain. Yeah.
0: So last weekend me and you went and did uh but a twelve kilometer semi off road ride. Yep. Um, still the then, same time though, so yeah, yep. still
1: an hour long ride.
0: And then this so that was a Saturday, and then the Sunday I went and did about uh, ten or twelve kilometers with my son. He's eleven. Um, much, much slower pace. I think it took us about three hours. We just kind of tooled around the city and I was sitting for most of it. And by Sunday afternoon, my butt hurt so bad. I
1: wanted just to find a nice pack to sit on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been, Before I started getting into like the better seats, there were days where I was done. I was yeah. done halfway through the ride and yeah. had no idea how I was going to get home.
0: Yeah, no, that's how I was feeling. Trying to stand up and my legs were tired and so uh, I got my new seat on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was, and uh, we went on a 21-kilometer ride today, and my butt doesn't hurt at all.
1: I didn't notice anything at all, and mm-hmm. I think for about 40 or $50, it's the best thing you can possibly oh, do to a bike.
0: I had no idea. Like, I bought a cheap bike. It's a hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty dollar bike, something like that. Right. It's not designed for anything big. I knew it when I bought it, but putting that one little accessory on made such a difference for me. I was blown away.
1: And it's an interesting view. Um I like to look at things this way too. Uh, like you said, it's it's not the most expensive bike in the world and you put a, a seat on there that's now worth about the third of much as the bike <laughs> is. And yeah. and that might seem like just absolutely ridiculous. Like why would you do that? Well, the thing is at some point in time, if you get serious into this, you can totally justify buying like a thousand dollar mountain bike. Yeah. Just bring your seat over. And with now you your have your seat to <laughs> go with it, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's a question of if you're gonna buy a bike where like the base bike is a thousand dollars, but you have to spend another thousand dollars making it the right bike for you. Yeah. Well, it's that's a much different purchase to make yeah. when all of a sudden you've, yeah, maybe you have a bike started at a $150 bike that's now a $1,000 bike that you've invested into it, yeah. but that transfers over to the next purchase you make.
0: I think that's true in so many things, especially the exercise that people think that, oh, well, if I'm going to run, I have to run a 5K or, you know, they put these large expectations on doing it and when they don't reach it, they quit. They just, I, you know, I can't do a small run like a 5K. A 5K is a hard run for someone that's never done it before. And doing in things incrementally, chunking it out, that is whether it's business, whether it's health and fitness, whether um, uh, setting goals, set your goals low, achieve them, then set it higher, and then higher, and then higher until you reach those bigger Absolutely. goals. And so that bike seat has got me on the path to, uh, uh, don't tell my wife, probably a. Uh, thousand or fifteen hundred dollar bike down the road uh but we'll start with the seeds well you know
1: it's maybe it's maybe not the worst thing that you're you're now on the road to a thousand dollar bike because you'll have the two thousand dollar bike half paid for by the time you get there (laughs) um i think perspective is a huge factor and i'm constantly looking for the right perspective and i think everyone around me knows that i'm anytime i have some sort of issue in my life it's not a matter of changing the issue in my life it's changing how i'm going to view that issue in my life right um, is this something that I need to overcome? Is this something I need to look at differently? Um, do I need to change the environment? Do I need to change myself? And uh, I find a lot changes when you start looking at things differently. Like, I'll literally have days where I'm training at, uh, at kickboxing. Things haven't gone well for me at all. And you immediately have the people around you going, you know, is everything all right? It's like, no, it's not all right. Um, but I, I don't need to change what I'm doing or where i am i need to change how i'm looking at it right now i am looking for that perspective how do i do i need to look at this as something i need to overcome yeah or is this just something that this is just how it is yeah it's not going to be overcome yeah i need to focus on the things that i can control yeah and uh, i think that definitely gets you through life a lot easier i um
0: i couldn't agree with you more like uh, tearing my elbow was really upsetting for me. I was really enjoying the gym. I was really enjoying the going there. My wife was coming with me. So it was so good for us to spend that time together. And now I can't go to the gym. I mean, if we do, we can go do cardio or something like that. Um, which we still can, but, uh, we were really enjoying the weightlifting portion of it and now I can't do it. And I'm like, well, so do I quit, get fat? go we, bag of chips and chocolate bar and sit on the couch well no well, what can I do well I can ride my bike and uh, I can do squats and I can do body weight push-ups and and stuff like that that doesn't affect my elbow for me it's just that squeezing part so there's so much I can do that I don't have to give up I don't even have to change my goals at all I'm just changing how I get to that goal now so I'd like to do it through weightlifting and maybe in six months or eight months when my elbows feeling better we'll get back to it in the winter time and maybe that'll be my new uh my um, new way of doing things is we'll weight train all winter and then r- ride bikes all summer.
1: Well, and that's that's how I look at it. For me, I, I put a, a heavy emphasis on martial arts training in the winter and a heavy emphasis on mountain biking in the summer, and those are my things. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely the type of person that would look at it as if I can't be doing martial arts and mountain biking, so I'm going to do neither. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's a situation that you're in, too, where you, can, you now have the opportunity to start looking at other things that you just didn't have the time to, to invest into. Yeah. Because now you are. You're, uh, you can't do what you were giving yourself as your goal f- in life so, or well uh, to, to, to obtain your goals with. Yeah. So now you get the option of, okay, what are some other cool things that I've been putting on the back burner that can help me with this? Because I now, now yeah. have that opening in my life. So it's, it's all about how you look at it. It's either you give up or you move on.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're, what, an hour into this now today? We are one hour and a half, actually. Holy dine time goes fast when we're doing this. Well, we got everyone coming over in about an hour to watch the UFC tonight, UFC 224, Meta Nunes versus uh, Pennington. Um, do you want to uh, look at the card and call the fights? And
1: uh, uh, You can. I honestly have almost nothing into this card where I just... Don't know who these people are, or just don't have the interest to call
0: it, to be honest. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna look up, let's look at the whole card, and uh, I'll make my calls.
1: I think Nunez is gonna win. I I don't know. I'm so bad at this, though. Every time I call some like weird wild card, I'm always (laughs) wrong. I thought, uh, what was that UF, not UF, uh, the WWF guy that was gonna fight? Rob Lesnar? No, uh, oh, um, CM Punk. CM Punk. I thought he was going to win. I I, I Really? Was, yeah. I, I was saying there's no way that they would let some guy that appeared to be this bad <laughs> fight in the UFC. <laughs> there has got to be some inside knowledge that we're just not seeing. Yeah. And he's going to come out there and he's going to just, just destroy. Yeah. And no, it was as simple as it. Like, I am the worst guy for being a conspirist and going, there's got to be something <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. And then it turns out, no, it's exactly what we thought it was.
0: Yeah. It's... Um, that was so unfortunate. I was hoping that there was going to be more to CM Punk. I mean, he, he's a, a high-level athlete. You don't get in the WWE without being super fit and have some amazing abilities, but it'll tell you where the MMA guys are, right? That they are um, just that much higher than, than what everyone else is. Okay, where's our card? we well, That's not the right card. Um, well, let's just do the top three. So, Amanda is Versus uh, Pennington I can give it to Amanda Nunes as well she's uh, I think she's one of those outliers she's going to take there's going to have to be a big evolution in the sport for someone to take Amanda Nunes out she is at the highest level uh, in women's fighting right now and I think there's no one even close to her skill sets
1: I but think once we start seeing some of the very high level Muay Thai women come into this it's going to be a different game altogether
0: very well could. It'd be nice to see some of them get in there and, and raise the level up. And, and I think Amanda Nunes was one of those girls that came in and she stepped the bar up. And, I, and I, I'm I i thinking she's going to be there for a while, but I don't know. Who's she's up a very
1: coming. good MMA fighter, not yeah. just a specialist. I think it's going to take a specialist to knock her down. Yeah. And yeah. like what we saw with Holly, it's going to be someone that comes along and knocks them down just as easily because of that niche. But
0: Look at Rose and Joanna. Uh, like Yoan a specialist, yep. right? And Rose comes in as a really well-rounded MMA fighter, right? And uh, she found the hole in Joanna's uh, game twice and uh, took her out.
1: I don't know what happened with Rose there. Uh, Thug Rose is just
0: she's another level. She she she's another Amanda Nunes. She's another Ronda Rousey, uh, Holly Holmes. Like she's top level, and it would it's going to be a large challenge for somebody to take her out now.
1: Yeah, I've, I've always been a huge fan of Rose's, and I, I think I even said at that fight, I'm like, I, I, I think this girl's amazing. I don't see how she can win this fight, though. And she's more than proven that she can not <laughs> just win that fight, yeah. but reliably win that fight.
0: I um, I thought the same thing. Like, I uh, such a huge Rose fan, um, but I saw what Joanna was doing. I saw her, her footwork and her head movement, uh, the speed of her hands, the power she was throwing. I just thought, oh... This poor girl, Rose, is, as much as I love her, she's going to get pummeled, and it didn't happen. It's totally it's just, what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, se- second oh. fight, uh, Chakar versus Gastelum. Um, I'm going to give this one to Gastelum. He, uh, he, he's such a powerful guy. He's so strong. He's got a really good game. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with Jakar. I just think that uh, Gasolom is uh, just a little bit above where he is right now. His striking is definitely better.
1: And that's that's the second uh, that's right below headliner. Eh? Yeah, I have no idea who those guys are.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. And then last uh, for the 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 co-main events, Jakar uh, and Gasolom, and then also Vitor Belfour versus Lyota Machida. Um, two old school yeah, fighters. Yeah, I was gonna say
1: like what is it like 2005? That's that's the fight that should have happened in 2005,
0: yeah. right? Um, you know what? Belfort always has the ability to win the fight at any given moment. He's such a powerful guy. He's so explosive. Um, but I just don't know that he has it in him anymore. That uh, he's had such an up and down career. In his younger days, he was an animal. But we all know the TRT. Belfort right and uh, he's not on it anymore and we know that that has played a massive role in uh, his ability as an athlete and I don't know that Machida's been down that road I think Machida's one of those steady um it's awesome he's been at the top of the heap and uh, I think Machida is gonna
1: take it quite handily it's been interesting for a lot of these uh, uh, older fighters from back in the day before the drug testing was as tight as it is right now it's almost you're seeing a second chapter and yeah. it's not a good chapter for a lot of them. It's, the, no. it's almost the freak show aspect of like, let's see what this guy's like now that we know he's not juiced up. And it generally isn't going well for a lot of these guys.
0: It, it really doesn't, right? The, we know that when you take um, higher levels of testosterone, your endocrine system shuts down. When you stop taking the testosterone, that it doesn't uh, it doesn't produce the hormones like it's supposed to produce them. and so and we saw that in In men at least, yeah. In men at least, yeah, it does the almost the opposite in women. They they carry the facts of testosterone them, yeah, yeah, for a long period, and and it's unfortunate that whether it's Vitor's choice or his doctors or whatever the thought process was that he goes, oh, I need to be on testosterone and uh, then for them to take it away from him.
1: Well, I think that choice was because he was doping and it crashed his endocrine system, it <laughs> was producing too much estrogen, and now he has to take TRT.
0: Uh, it could have been. Could have um, been.
1: That's That seems to be how it normally goes with a lot of those guys and why they got those exemptions, because they, they did that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, people that really need it really taking it. There's It's quite uh, beneficial, I think, for... Probably even guys our age that f- you know starting at forty, if you haven't lived the uh, lived the best uh, or had the best diet and worked towards a, a good healthy old age, that you might need some testosterone, and you should take it. But for fighters, unfortunately, they can't. They have to c- they have to stay high level clean to be able to fight. Testosterone in the UFC. is a
1: really interesting drug. Um, I think it really—that's the best way to put this. Testosterone, if you're going to take TRT, is almost certainly going to come as a uh, prescribed drug. I don't know how you're going to go around that. You just can't, you can't bump it to the levels you can naturally that you can through medic, medicating. Um, but you are talking about a hormone that's producing your body naturally. The problem is, is there's a lot of information out there, which I'm sure is incredibly accurate. It's just how we're interpreting it. Um, there's a lot of risks around testosterone potentially with, uh, blood pressure, I believe it is. And there's a few other factors. I remember talking to my pharmacist, though, I I went in and I asked her, I'm like, uh, so my doctor was saying we got to be really careful. And I did some research by my own about mixing uh, testosterone when you have high blood pressure. And uh, her response was like, you would not be surprised how many people are on blood pressure medication and testosterone. Uh And she's like, uh, in almost uh, more than she's like, more than likely, if you're at that age, That you need TRT, you're probably at that age where you have high blood pressure also. Wow. And she's like, so it's pretty common that I'm prescribing both, and I've never heard of a problem with it. Hmm. So now you have to start asking yourself, what, how accurate is the information I'm being given? Yeah. How accurate is it being? Is maybe is the are the facts accurate? But I'm not being sold it with the right pitch potentially because obviously it's not an issue because
0: lots of people are doing
1: it. There'd be a lot of people in the news about it.
0: Yeah. And, and just because you don't see bodies doesn't mean there's not issues
1: with it. That uh, you It know. causes that chain reaction of other
0: things, right? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, as long as I can stay clean, I'm going to stay as clean as I can. You know, try to stay off the um, blood pressure pills. You know, I'm 45 now. I don't take any prescriptions.
1: Well, that's another fact. That's another, blood pressure is another one of those things where we're not quite sure how, how well we understand it. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of people that just uh, genetically have high blood pressure, and they're perfectly fine. Right. Uh, Same thing with cholesterol, right?
0: My dad's doctor told my dad that uh, in the UK, I think it's when they hit 65, they take him up all their blood pressure bills because they said it doesn't do anything after 65 for most people. Right. And so we have people here that, you know, my dad's now 70, I think he's 72, and he's still on high blood pressure pills. And so is my mom. Like, well, if they are taking people off at 65, why aren't North Americans coming off at the same time?
1: That's probably a pretty easy question to answer. And it involves a two decimal points at the end and a dollar sign at the beginning <laughs> yeah uh,
0: and, and 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 that's probably it that's, they're probably being encouraged to no keep them on there there's you know minuscule results, but they're getting results they're seeing a change and and who's doing the testing and how are they testing it and and all if that no so one's
1: <laughs> dying directly because of it why wouldn't you it. just sell it to them right
0: yeah yeah it's unfortunate because i think there is uh bad results or uh, side effects and that people m- maybe aren't talking about it enough or is being swept something under the rug. Something
1: I find really interesting about this whole situation is uh, perspective, once again. How many people are on medications that aren't the right medication for them and it's potentially ruining their lives? Yep. How many people are doing something like drinking like 12 cans of pop a day? Yep. And you can't tell me that that's not worse for you than being on the wrong medication. Maybe not in all cases, but yeah. obviously if you have a oxycodone addiction... It's probably worse than drinking. Yeah. A bunch oh, of abs-
0: pot. <laughs> a- absolutely. I think you're absolutely right that uh, I- I've had doctors say, "Well, you can try this." I'm like, what do you mean, try it? Is this the right one for me, or is this not the right one for me? Like, is, is has the test been done? Like, why are you saying try this? Yeah, it's
1: not an ice cream bar. I don't.
0: Yeah, like it's not a, a yeah. different food that I haven't tried yeah, before. This you might enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. So, and I've been on that side too, where I uh, I was having real problem sleeping at one point and the, the doctor says well i give you this prescription tell me how you feel and i took it and i slept really really good i went back to the doctor i'm like yeah this is awesome can i have some more she's like no we're not going to give you any more of that because uh, if you take it for too long this is the side i'm like oh
1: at least I right. they told you.
0: Yeah, and and my doctor now, which we'll meet, I was talking about who our guests are going to be. Um, she'll be one of them down the road. She's already agreed to it. So we'll bring in uh, Dr. Alvey and, and have a talk with her about the medical system and um, about a bunch of other things she's involved in. But she's awesome. She, she really does care about her patients. She's really looking at what the... Uh, best thing is for them if it's not to be on medication she doesn't put you on medication if it's meant to be that no you need to do this and and we have uh, a little bit of fighting when we're in the office because she has to convince me now to take medication Uh, when before she took me off of it and I was opposed and I'm going oh I should be opposed to medication how do I uh, decide whether I'm going to be on it or not.
1: Be well, on it. and that's another thing, too, is, you know, coming back once again to perspective, um, how many people are on medication because they haven't earned the right to be healthy? Yeah. Um, I can tell you personally, like, I've, I've had weird, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a nut when it comes to, I guess, I don't know if I'd say biohacking, but testing my own system to see what does what. And I've done some experimenting with that different things that will change your testosterone level, everything from supplementation to, to lifestyle. And part of me kind of just wants to say, like, it's inc- it's very easy to change your testosterone level, so maybe you don't deserve to have high testosterone if you're not going to live the lifestyle that earns you that. Right. Like, outside of, like, there's going to be those cases where you have to do it. Yeah. No matter what you do, it's just not going to change mm-hmm. it for you. But, I don't know, it's almost like good health should be earned. If yeah. you're not willing to have it, you shouldn't have it. Especially if it's going to cause side effects by doing what you're doing to have that good health.
0: Uh, I told I totally agree. I'm I'm anti prescription for the most part, and for me, I'm not saying this is for everybody. But if if something comes up, uh, and I've had this in the past where uh, I was seeing a um, nephrologist because I had kidney stones, and he's like, "Okay, hey, you got two choices. You can stop drinking all the carbonated drinks that you're drinking, or you can take this prescription every day and do whatever the hell you want." And I went. Well, that'd be really easy to take the pill, but that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be that guy at 35 years old that's on medication every single day. I don't know what it's going to do. I don't even care that it's going to cure kidney stones. I would prefer to have kidney stones regularly. And if anyone that's had them knows how much they suck, I would prefer to have that than to make the choice to be on a prescription, to take the... Uh, the bitch way out, because that's really what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, I wouldn't say that I'm anti-prescription. I'm anti-uneducated prescription. Yeah. I think you really have to know your body, and most people don't. I don't care what they say. And most people don't understand the medical system as it pertains to mechanisms or even just the corruption that exists in that aspect. It's a whole wide range there. I think if you're educated on the situation you understand your body and you're willing to experiment with like a very close eye, I don't see a problem with prescription medication. Yeah, Because there are definitely situations where y- you need to do that. You can't. You don't have another option. Yeah. And there are options where it is an option. Yeah. And maybe that is the choice. That is the way you want to go with it. But you do need to know the choices that you're making.
0: Yeah. And I'm not trying to talk anyone into quitting their prescriptions or telling them what they should do. I know for me... That's the way I am, that I I really want to steer as far away from pharmaceuticals that I can, try to stay just as natural and as healthy as I can for as long as I can, just on my own, right? Exercise, eating good food. If something comes up, I'll really weigh out my options, whether I need prescriptions. And it's not like I've never had them.
1: Well, I think the important thing is to do is you have to go out there and you have to talk to people, and you've got to surround yourself with like-minded people. But the most important thing is to realize that no matter how like-minded you are, you're not going to be traveling the same path. Yeah. The trick is that we travel in the same direction and every now and maybe even more times than not, our paths cross yeah. paths with each other. Yeah. Uh, personally, where I see it, like, I'm totally down with prescription medication. I, uh, I've, I genetically have high blood pressure. It's never caused me any problems whatsoever. I started taking a very small dosage of medication because I found that with the jujitsu, it made me less dizzy yeah. transitioning from up to, to lower to upper and upside down and all that stuff. It didn't make me dizzy when I did it. Yeah. So to me it's a performance enhancement. Yeah. Um, which I'm I there's there's a ton of vitamins that I take because I see results in how it helps me perform. Yeah. I see the same thing with the medication. I've researched it to see what the side effects are. I'm totally fine with that. I'll take that risk. Yeah. Um, whereas you're you I think from what you're saying is you're a little more like cut and dry. Like I'm not doing that if I don't have to.
0: And I think it's part of my goals, right? I really want to be a healthy old man and I don't think you can do that by being on prescription drugs all the time like uh, long-term prescription drugs. so not saying that I won't do it or it's uh, right now my goal is to not be on it and by setting that goal I eat well I manage my stress I exercise regularly I try not to drink too much I try not to get too much uh um, bad food in me, processed foods, uh, pop sugars, all that kind of stuff. So I'm more likely not to
1: have to take it long-term. And right there, I think just based on what you just said there, I think we can definitely make examples of how we're both going the same direction and how we cross paths a lot. But there's yeah. some things that we just do not cross on. Yeah. Um, our end goal is exactly the same thing. We both want to be functional, healthy old people. Yeah. I'm just – there's – what I'm willing to do to, to get there is different than what you're willing to do to get there. Yeah. And that's where it becomes really important to have that input because I can't just mirror what you're doing because it's not going to work for me. It's we're not how I think and vice versa.
0: We're two different people. To say that you should do things exactly like
1: me would be absurd. But we've both gotten there by educating ourselves. Right. Which yeah. is – and that's sometimes you miss what is the important part of a statement. Yeah. And the important part of our statement is that we're both educated on this and we both have the same end goal. Yeah. Um, we can't We can't get divided over the details in it.
0: Yeah. So how much of that goal setting do you think is fake it before you make it or fake it till you make it? Um, Because I think for me, uh, a big portion of that was I just kept saying what I wanted. And then I slowly got educated on the stuff to get me to that goal. But I started out with just basically verbally saying, I want to be a healthy old man. I want to stay in shape. I want to eat good. And I kept saying that stuff, even if I wasn't doing it as regularly as I am now, I just work towards it by mentally and physically preparing myself to do that by, by just saying the words.
1: Yeah, personally, I, I'm not a goal setter. I'm a direction setter. Yeah. Um, I, think, uh, I think one of the most annoying things about fighters is we're always quoting Mike Tyson and uh, <laughs> Bruce Lee. But Tyson yeah. had that great uh, quote, um, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. That's how I see life. Yep. Uh, we're gonna go in this direction and we're gonna look for that punch in the face and we're gonna deal with it when it comes. And I wanna be as well prepared for that as possible as when it comes. I wonder if I'm a direction setter instead of a goal setter.
0: That makes sense.
1: Well, I guess it depends on how hard you're setting to that goal versus how hard you're setting to your direction, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't honestly n- I, I wanna be I wanna be a healthy, functional old man. I don't really know how I'm gonna do that specifically. I just know what my next step is gonna be. Yeah. Um, I've always said when it comes to martial arts, I find it very hard. I've got some respiratory problems, and I've got some injuries, so I can't judge my performance and my uh, how how far I get through this sport on how other people do. Yet I've been able to get to a point that's higher than most people that will ever participate in it. And yeah. for me, it's literally every week I want to be better than last week. Yeah, that's it. Well,
0: when we ran cement, we used to say all you got to do is one percent better every time you try. Just small incremental. Um, movements towards that angle. So you don't have to make these massive s- jumps in, in abilities or, uh, um, goals. Just, it's funny steps. how the
1: wording, how the wording can make so much difference for you. Cause yeah. I think what we just said, we could probably argue the difference between yeah. me saying, I want to be better than I was last week. And you saying, I want to be 1% better. Yeah. Um, but we're really saying the exact same thing. Yeah. It's just how our programming wants to interpret it. So it works best for us. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing is if you have a goal and you find people that are making that goal happen, I think it's really important to figure out how they're doing that and how to make that work for you. Honestly, like how to do that the way that they're doing it.
0: Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Well, I think that's uh, probably a good amount of time for I think it's podcast. good to leave on that
1: infra- inspirational note.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: uh, call it a day to this one.
0: So I want to know what's happening in the UFC tonight. I want to know people's
1: perspectives. What do you want to know? What do I want to know? Oh, geez. Um, Without getting too deep, wrap it up with what you want to know. I want to know what's for dinner tonight. No, I want to know how our bike ride adventure is going to go. I think I really enjoy that we're making, I guess that is a goal we have. We're baby stepping into this. We have a plan of starting incrementally and figuring out what we need to do to make that happen. And uh, I want to know how long it's going to take us to get there. And I want to know if we're going to get there.
0: Let's uh, keep everyone updated.
1: um, Absolutely. And uh,
0: we'll announce some guests coming up soon. Um, I want to know. I want to know. We'll get a website up. We'll get our social media up. We'll get uh, our emails up. We'll get all that up in the next
1: uh, couple months or so. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next Saturday. And remember... uh, for uh, special deals and promotions, send us your credit card number and expiry <laughs> date. And we... Uh, no, the little three, don't send us, the, the yeah. little
0: three number digit on the back. Yeah, that is not to. our promo code. Do not send that to us. <laughs> All right. That's it. See you next Try week.